Hello, you're listening to the Eric McKenna Project. Good to see you, T. Hey, what's going on? Thank you, man. No, thanks Thank for having me. Oh, I, I told you when you were here last year, I said I got to have you again, and then we planned on doing it earlier, and then 2020 happened. 2020 happened. <laughs> yeah, so so many areas I want to go down with you. Some are down the rabbit hole, some are not. Yeah. You may take me down the rabbit hole, Fran, oh, knowing man. you. Yeah, that's how I am. I take people down rabbit holes. That's yeah, okay. Force red pills. <laughs> <laughs> so not Cosby are, red pills oh, Morpheus red not pills those, not those yeah <laughs> not those I was listening to it's funny you said that I was listening to a Rogan podcast the other night during my evening walk and uh, he was talking about show. talking about yeah how, how amazing Cosby was and how it's just so amazing now mm-hmm. that that comedy is not part of the lexicon anymore it just disappeared it almost like he disappeared and the comedy kind of disappeared yeah um Wow. You know? Bill Cosby. Did I mention on the last show that I saw something weird with Bill Cosby? We talked about Cosby, and you said you had your own thoughts on that, but you weren't not going to go down that rabbit hole at that time. Yeah, well, let's... (laughs) Here we are. You could could bleep fuck out. Here we are, man. (laughs) Um, So I, I went to go see Bill Cosby live. Now, we had some interactions on Twitter together, because I had put out a big spoof called jello pudding and it got really big it was wiz khalifa black and yellow but it was the bill cosby jello pudding and um i had the sweater on wait when was this now this was roughly 2010 2011 something like that okay so this um spoof was huge like it it was like uh they put it in china like china didn't have youtube so they had their own version for like music videos and somehow it got to like china japan like really yeah this video got huge and it made like the top 10 spoofs of that year. Like it was like that and Baraka Flock of Flame and okay. some funny things. And um, so me and Cosby had some interactions on Twitter, which was like for me, you know, between that and The Rock at that time, it was like, ah, oh, this is awesome. So and he was happy. Cosby was coming at you from, from a, an area of goodness, right? Yeah. Okay. And it, but um, and I asked some questions and he answered. Oh, and cool. It was like really cool. So that's cool. Um, so I went to go see him live. My parents were like, you didn't go see George Carlin and he passed away. There's only like three of these main like kings that were, it was like for sure. me, the three guys were Carlin, Cosby and Pryor. Okay. And then from there you have like a tree that breaks down of like, you know, the the next guys. But like when you think of the biggest guys in comedy, those are the three that everyone always mentions. Right. And um, so Oh, my parents gave me tickets to see Cosby. I have two tickets and I couldn't get anyone to go with me. And uh, so I went by myself and I just used the other chair for like my coat because it was like freezing and everyone had to hold their coats, but I got to enjoy the show. Fair enough. And there was like a couple. I told them, just go ahead and put your coats here if you want. And they did. And we were like the only three enjoying the hell out of the show. Got it. So during the show, Bill Cosby calls a lady up. He has like sweatpants on and stuff. And, you know, Cosby's doing the Cosby stuff that Cosby does. You yeah. know, he's like, the people and the children and the babies. And I love to see the babies going down the rabbit hole. 
and um <laughs> so he calls this lady up and she um he sits down at the edge of the, the, the stage right okay and the lady uh he says uh put your hand on my thigh okay now i feel awkward because i knew about the allegations before the public really really knew because it, it came out there were like stories and allegations but people didn't know the details like the full details right and uh so i felt uncomfortable because i was like that's weird and then so she does and he starts talking to her husband and son and he has them stand up and keep in mind this is at heinz hall so you sold out so you know that what that's like eight thousand seven thousand people whatever it is and um you know she holds his thigh and he's telling jokes and he's making fun of her and making fun of them and saying the mothers always like to talk for the sons because I asked the son a question but the mother wants to answer but I didn't ask her and this is all like weird so she moves her hand from his thigh because after a while she's like why, why the hell am I touching Bill Cosby's thigh he looks them dead in the face there's a whole audience around grabs her hand puts it back on his thigh and says don't move it and then continues with the show until he's tired of sitting there her holding his thigh and it was the most uncomfortable thing and to this day this I always weird. yeah I always wonder like how that lady feels after finding out about or the, the allegation husband. the husband too yeah even the son like yeah. you know I mean you gotta think um, 56 victims is a lot of victims and uh 56 accusers even if it's just accusations 56 right. is a lot right. and i always tell people like michael jackson had an amusement park in a zoo and didn't even have 56 allegations <laughs> that's true <laughs> so that there's something going on there there's some truth and he's still fighting it he was just in the news up for some kind of i don't know bro he was on twitter talking shit like from prison and it's it you know he um he looked down on black people a lot and but he was like very pro-black uh, a lot of people don't know he put the money up for um sweet sweet back uh, mm. sweet back badass or whatever um it's a black exploitation movie with uh yeah i, I remember mario him. van yeah. peebles yeah, as a kid yeah. and yeah. it's like real weird yeah. um richard pryor originally created like black exploitation mm-hmm. went to cosby for it to get the money okay and then somebody van peebles came to cosby and okay. cosby went with that one Okay. He was a very pro-black man, but always looked down on us. And would like he had this doesn't speech. make any sense, though. It doesn't. It doesn't. But you know, that's that's one of those things that fame is, and money, though, right? Yeah, he he wanted. He was that guy, and he felt like he can. There's a um, famous speech called the Pound Cake Speech, and it made like a lot of liberal people angry. And it made a lot of black people angry. And it was a speech about uh, pound cake and how someone stole the pound cake. And, the, you know, he was talking shit. The kids are out there with the pants down and they got the pound cake and he stole the pound cake and he got killed. And they go, why did he get shot? It's because he wanted the sweet taste of the pound cake. And he I mean, he talks so much. I remember that. But it's um, even with that truth, people are like, yo, you got pound caked. Look at yeah, you, sir. You yeah, were talking shit on yeah. us and looking, and he would look down on a lot of black comedians and stuff. So it's um, it's really interesting to see because I remember asking him on Twitter, and I saved the tweet because it was a prolific 
thing he said back and i remember asking him are, are there any like does the swearing bother you are there any new comedians that you like and he's like none that i've seen but he said the swearing does bother me but laughter is the important like it's important in the the airs of the people or something mm-hmm. something like that he was just telling me if they're laughing that's what matters more than what i think about mm-hmm. comedy and that that stuck with me yeah, yes, and I think that that's funny you said that because you came off as the one comedian mm-hmm. that I've interviewed since I started this show who really seemed to have a strong respect for their audience and when it comes to handling hecklers and engaging yeah. audience members. You I, no one has no one has been as courteous <laughs> in their in their philosophy in that regard outside of oh, you. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. You, you tell you tell no, me. No, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's subjective. Um, yeah, right. you know, I, I think your audience is very important. And like I said, I'm a huge Prince fan. Right. And, uh, Prince said, never talk down on your audience because they won't allow you to grow when you talk down on them. But if you treat them with respect and they'll respect you, then mm-hmm. they allow you to do anything. They allow ah, you to go into different avenues because it. they love you for you. So if you want to do something else, you can. And the problem and he is, did. yeah, and he was able to, and he was, and that, and that's the problem that there's so many people who don't, you know, in comedy, I, I just feel like there's my life philosophy and my lifestyle is a lot different than most people. Mm-hmm. Um, I really believe empathy is the most important thing to have on the planet um empathy is to me the thing that is missing amongst the world and because empathy is missing we don't empathize with each other and we don't listen to each other so when the audience doesn't like me or i'm dealing with hecklers or i'm dealing with situations i look at it different and because i i can empathize with what they like and i can understand the audience and i understand people you know if i have a show and a scientist is there. There's a scientist and there's a garbage man at my show. It hap- It's happened well, sure. many times. Sure. And there's this, you know, you have this scientist or this high tech engineer and then you have a garbage man every day. Who's smarter? You can't really tell me who's smarter no. because one might be wiser in another way. One right. might have a higher IQ in a different thing. Mm-hmm. So when they come to a show, they are both here. I'm, I'm the guy. You came to see me on stage. True. So I cannot talk down on you. Let's all be on. Let's all be on this wavelength and ride this out. And I think that's why Dave Chappelle so loved because he does that. He, I mean, he gets upset with his audience sometimes and there's times where he doesn't. I'm like, come on, Dave, you're so good. You don't have to do that. But it's that people understand, like he knows that there's a wavelength like let's ride this out together the best music is like that mm-hmm. you the best musicians and artists we like them because they take us on a ride right, right on. and that ride and that's why you have so many classic albums from certain artists right. and then there's some artists that have a great album and then their ego gets in a way and then they have shitty albums the rest of their career mm-hmm. it you know so yeah i've always been big on that like i think the audience is so important to us um what about Chappelle recently telling him terry uh, not to buy his, did you see that clip not to buy his he's not right. to watch yeah Chappelle ta- show 
Yeah, that was yeah. so because because someone pointed to me to that, and it was online. I don't think it was an indoor. It was a part of an H, a, a Netflix special or anything. No, I think Netflix pushed and it. Though. I uh, okay. I went, what the hell is them. this? And he just was just sitting there. Yeah, and it really was. It was captivating. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. turn it off, although it wasn't meant to be really funny. Yeah, you couldn't turn it off because he was dead serious. He has power with words. He's a, he's a guy that you want to listen to. Yes. And you'll listen to him. I think there's certain people that, um, like, I think you have a great voice. There's certain voices that make people feel calm and Thank good. You. And when I first came on here, I was like, oh, man, I love the show. I was like, I got to do this again. <laughs> and it's, um, you know, not everyone has that voice. Not okay. everyone has something that makes people feel safe. Um, Dave Chappelle makes people feel safe when they're around him, when they listen to Interesting. him. Um, and Cosby was like that. He would take you on a ride. But he had to do it a different way because he was a black man in America coming out in comedy in the 60s. Right. So, you right. know, he did it in a way where he was the biggest comedian in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, then Pryor took it to a whole nother level and just slammed on. He's the Michael Jordan. He just did it with curse words. Him did and those two get along? Do you know? Did, did, yeah, did actually, Pryor and Cosby get yeah, along? Yeah. Um, Richard Pryor was, uh, Cosby was his hero. So okay. uh, Richard Pryor used to perform like Bill Cosby and they would all say you sound like him. And then he went to go find his voice. He went to Berkeley. He used to perform with like no shoes, socks and like a wizard hat. Call himself the Wizard of Comedy. I did not know that. Yeah. And um, okay. one day he was like sad trying to play a trumpet because Miles Davis was his hero. And it sounded horrible. And he said he and out comes bill cosby out of a fancy restaurant like what the hell are you doing (laughs) and then he invites him in and he has like two he said he had these two amazonian white women like on his arms and and richard Pryor is excited like oh yeah you know (laughs) that might have been a a clue in the the situation but could have been um could have been you know it so yeah he he loved them man even his performance the cadence was jazz um, right. You know, Pryor does this, and it's it's jazz. It's Miles Davis. He's playing the trumpet. So when you listen to Cosby, Cosby's delivery is like um, the people came, and then the children saw everyone, and then Pryor is y'all ever see somebody going down the street, right? <laughs> right. I mean, I saw this motherfucker. I said shit. Goddamn. <laughs> right. Oh, and it's so the good. same cadence. So okay. when Chappelle talks. We listen because we like him. He's a very likable guy. And his biggest comedy influence is Bugs Bunny, who is a likable cartoon character. So, yeah, but, but Chappelle's different in a way, I think, from my interpretation, because mm-hmm. Cosby had like this, you know, smiling kind of way. The faces and stuff. Yeah. Well, but I also think that the prior like would smile a lot too, usually coyishly, you know, after yeah. the punchline or something. But Chappelle, oftentimes, his facial expressions are not of pleasure, generally. Well, that's the trick. Right? It's It reels you in. No the, question. The genius behind Dave Chappelle is he he could take topics, and even if we don't think it's that prolific, he makes it prolific. And he'll take something so difficult and make it so simple that you feel like you can go do it. And that's what's okay. so crazy about it. because. Okay. Pryor, um, with Richard Pryor or whatever, um, Pryor never made, like, I used to listen to him every night when I was going through, like, depression as a teenager. And that's what changed my life. I listened to all his albums. And um, Pryor never made me 
go, I can be as good as him. Like I, I never felt care. that. But he made me want to do comedy. There's a difference. All right. So, but Dave Chappelle is so good with punchlines that you would really think that you can pull that off. You're like, oh man, there's there's a because he's just that good. You 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 know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. it's kind of like Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, or uh, Michael Jordan. Those guys made the game look so easy. That yeah. you, you know, when we're kids, we'd go out thinking that we could be these guys, and right. we couldn't. Right. Um, so. Yeah, I, I think that's what's amazing about Chappelle. The thing that people don't know about Chappelle in that situation is, and he he t- kind of talked about it, but he didn't want to go into full detail. But he went into more detail than he's ever done before. And that made me feel proud. Um, Dave Chappelle, as he said, was a, is a Muslim. Okay. okay. Um, he was judged differently. When he went to HBO, they did tell him, yo, what do we need you for? We don't, you're not big enough. Comedy mm-hmm. Central gave him the spot. Viacom owns Comedy Central. Comedy Central gave him a contract. Like he said, he signed it. You do have people look over your contracts, right? He signed a contract. He goes in. In that contract, he was supposed to make half of whatever he earned with Comedy Central and okay. Viacom. Half. Okay. Dave Chappelle's uh, first season DVD is the highest selling DVD of all time. Season two broke records. Mm-hmm. He was doing ads for b- both Coca-Cola and Pepsi, um, which is crazy. Right. That's how big he was. Right. Dave Chappelle, they wanted to do advertisement. They wanted to change his show. They wanted to do everything. So $50 million sounds like a lot of money, right? For us. Mm-hmm. 50 million is whoa yeah i'll do it for 50 million that's what we think mm-hmm. dave Chappelle made them 500 million dollars in just two seasons wow, that's incredible two seasons 500 million four that means that two four seasons could have been a billion dollars which is not just something you just make mm-hmm. he went where's my half where's the 250 million Oh, well, there's a clause in your contract that says if you make past a certain amount, Mm -hmm. if you make past a certain amount, you don't get this money. So he was like, yo, what will my fans think? Stuff like that. Right. And Cat Williams put this whole situation on blast. And that's when all of a sudden he's crazy. He's doing drugs. He's doing this. You know, he went to Africa just to get away to feel safe. Right. Right. Because. Right. The the thing is, entertainment is just as dangerous as as uh, and and corporate world is just as dangerous as gang gang banging. Like it's crime. It's just like crime. It's just legal ways of doing it, uh-huh. right? They right. pass exactly. bills right. and laws. I mean, you see how much they're still trying to go after Zuckerberg and stuff right. because they right. know these guys are criminals. They're just legal, white collar. I'm a smile on your face and make you feel good right. about it. Uh, criminals. Right. Right. So. You know, not saying Zuckerberg is a criminal. What I'm saying is that that's how they perceive these Certainly people. Certainly they do. So a place of jealousy, obviously. Too. Oh, yeah, for sure. So they, they want to come after him. So that's what Dave Chappelle was dealing with. So why take this $50 million when I made you $500 million? I should be getting 250 mm-hmm. It's not worth my sanity. It's not worth anything. So he disappeared. And I, I believe that the universe will always bless you with whatever you need 
whenever you wait. Yeah. If you wait, if you stop rushing and trying to hop on the first thing that seems to be gold for you, you find out it's fool's gold. And you look at him now. He made that. He damn near made that 250 million back that he wanted. Right. On top of that, not only Netflix does what he wants, they look out for him. He's with a company he's comfortable with. He's hosting SNL multiple times. He uh, three-peated on the Grammys mm-hmm. for comedy albums. Mm-hmm. The dude is having the best career of his life. Chappelle's show is just a, a shadow. It's a he ripple. He did it on his it. own terms. He did it. And By you have patience. Exactly. And, and, and he was friends with Prince. And Prince told him that. Because Prince did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Remember with the Warner Brothers oh, situation. Most definitely. When it came to Symbol. And-, and yeah. And I don't blame him. You have to do things on your own terms. I mean, Prince that's... was amazing because he did not have an official website. Like he shunned <laughs> mm-hmm. the internet, didn't shun it. I mean, he understood how it could serve him, but yeah. not directly from the appearance of being directly. Yeah. He knew how evil the digital world is. No doubt about it. It is, and uh, he knew ahead of time. And you know, it it can either be a tool for you, or it could be a tool against you. And I think that's the dangerous thing about social media. You know what I mean? Like I had to unplug from social media for some months. And well, let's get there. Let's talk about 2020 because yeah. I'm sure the social media yeah. hiatus you took was also precipitated by the nonsense of 2020. Oh too. yeah, yeah, in a way, yeah, somewhat. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely talk about. All that. right. So uh, since we've been here last time, the world looks a lot different, right? Now. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Things got a little odd there for a while. Yeah, it did. Um, we. I continue to do shows. Uh, we put guests next door. I don't know if you caught that. We had some of our shows with next door. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, a live. We did. We had video conferencing. It worked. It worked. Yeah. And then it got to the point when the science was starting to show that it was uh, not based so much on surfaces. It was a communicable thing as long yeah. as you keep your distance and you get tested. So from there, we got comfortable doing shows like we're doing now. Yeah. But. Man, I thought we we were gonna have to shut down, and, and my thing was we had all that momentum thanks yeah. to guests like yourself that got us rolling. Mm-hmm. I, I really didn't want to shut down. No, I understand. So it's frustrating. We did okay. We we came through it okay. Man, I mean, being a realtor and everything else around me, it yeah. was just so dicey. The uncertainty was was the hardest part for me. How was it for you? Like, where where were you when you heard we were getting locked down? Remember that? And then what was your first month or two like in terms of of how you viewed it? Um, When we were getting locked down, I think my concern is, you know, I have real little kids, Uh uh, three and five. Right. Uh, She was four at the time. She just turned five in July. So, um, and Channing was two. She just turned three in April. So it's um, my concern was my children. How do we go about this with these kids? You know, got to communicate with their mom. How do we go about this with these kids? How how are we going to do this? You know, um, just understanding how it works, the science. You want to know more, right? That's it. You just want to know more. Mm-hmm. And not knowing was the the part that bothered me just that just from that perspective i didn't care about you know people were freaking out about not being able to do stand up um there were people freaking out and i understand why but a lot of the things that people were freaking out about wasn't things that i freak out about okay Okay. so for me the lockdown was just more so how are we going to make this work coming up with strategies 
come figuring out things, still trying to stay in shape, still trying to, mm-hmm. um, cause I end up gaining quarantine weight. And then I, we'll get into that a little bit, like sure. down the timeline, if we take it down the timeline, cause we're in de- yeah, December. Absolutely. But, um, that first month was just the first two weeks. It was like, okay, we all thought it was just going to be two weeks. We we're locked down. Right. So everyone's TikToking and social media and, we're all we're in this together and we're going to get through this and we're all so so hunky dory i was like hey, you know and i'm in the background like this is going to bring america together <laughs> <laughs> i kind of felt that way you too. know and i you know because i remember <clears throat> being a kid when 9 11 happened right and it felt like it kind of brought americans together in a, in a different way it just gave americans an, a new thing to hate outside of what they were hating before so everyone could agree okay this is what we hate and um you know people were praying together and all kind of stuff that was big you know no social media then though yeah there wasn't so it would have been crazier and um so now you know i thought everything was kind of cool there was like challenges everyone was so happy and then they were like okay two more weeks and then we're like and then i really started digging and then I really started doing research mm-hmm. and I really started paying attention. And while everybody was having, um, here's the thing. Everyone's conspiracy theories about coronavirus was okay to have. It's okay to have your thoughts because you are afraid and it's okay to say that you're afraid mm-hmm. because you have no idea what's going on. So you're trying to figure out how am I going to pay bills? How am I mm-hmm. going to feed these kids? You know, I, I had, I, you know, I, I carry, I'm a, I'm a gun guy yeah. myself. So, yeah. um, you know, it was like, all right, get the ammo. You know, I got to call friends that are on, uh, you know, off the grid. They have like places off the grid, mm-hmm. friends that got cabins and shit. You know? Right. Right. And, and right. I was literally thinking like that, let's stock up on things. And, um, there was just a, a lot going on at that time. And I felt like I just needed to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then everyone had conspiracy theories on it. And, and I will tell you 80% of the conspiracy theories are legit. And then there's a 20% where it's just not, but you have to read between the lines and put puzzles together and then you'll get your full answer. And Americans aren't really good at that though. No, 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 we're not. You, you know what it is, man. Um, Americans love to conform. Americans are very, um, we're, we, we're entitled. We're the most entitled country in the world. And and I know this because when you actually travel outside of the country, right. the, the thing is a lot of people that do travel outside of the country, even if they're entitled and all this stuff, they go to a resort. And That's then they're not really they're, traveling. They're not really traveling. <laughs> but when you actually they're on vacation. Yeah, they're on vacation. <laughs> but when you like go into these countries and stuff and you see what people go through and you actually walk the streets and you look around you, you really understand how blessed you are. Mm-hmm. And America doesn't understand how blessed it is to be the country it is. And, um, you know, I'm a huge Canada fan. I love going up there, performing. Right. I recorded I remember. Um, these last two comedy right. albums that dropped this year in Canada. And, um, you know, it's just, it was sad to see what was going on. There was so much going on. But there's always a blessing in that. I think the world needed to slow down to, to understand itself. And um, nature will always find a way to balance. It doesn't matter. Like when we think of Thanos, Thanos was right. 
mm-hmm. when he snapped his finger that that was corona and right. um not just population wise just in general you need you needed i remember um christopher titus mm-hmm. we we did this uh, podcast together and christopher titus said americans need or the world needs something dangerous to make them realize that they need to be scared as shit and this was years ago he said like if we had t-rexes running around people would change their attitude mm-hmm. and no doubt and and you know that's what i that's next year yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it might it might be in two weeks <clears throat> no, sh- <laughs> that is next year <laughs> but um you know when when you really break it down corona put fear in people's mm-hmm. hearts it, it put a lot of fear in us and we were scared we were terrified we um we knew that we had something that we wanted to answer for mm-hmm. well, even if it's just something as simple as why do i have to wear this mask give me a reason and nobody really had answers because we're like this shit's new to us too right. there's doctors and scientists right. they had no idea you got to think like when aids and hiv and all that shit came out people were terrified they were freaking out they didn't know how to handle that um Kevin Peter Hall, who played the Predator, he had a blood transfusion and he died because they yeah. didn't know how to test blood back then, and they exactly and right. they put AIDS in them. Exactly right. So you Arthur Ashe too, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, they did. And um, when you think of these things, science is the necessary evil that we do need, mm-hmm. and we do have to understand. If I don't wear a condom and I just go raw dogging every chick I see, you know, there's a possibility I might get AIDS. Yeah. And and then, you know, there's consequences I'll, for there's consequences for that. So, you know, the most times I, I would always get sick is through comedy shows, through a microphone, because microphones like, you know, how you have a cover over this. Mm-hmm. Most shows we do, there's no cover over the mic. Yeah. So it's I've not been changing them every two weeks, too. <laughs> and they're not cheap. Let me tell no, you. they're not. Um, but, you know, when you when you have the, just the mic itself, all the saliva, the germs, because. Bro, I would get so sick working with like headliners that are traveling oh, and they get sick. I, I never thought of that. I and, know why I was told to do it, but yeah. it's like, wow, I could see Bro, comedy I, club especially. Oh, <laughs> and I use the mic, you know, I'm putting it on my head. I'm uh, I'm putting it next to my lip to make noises. I'm doing all this funny stuff. I'm touching it. I'm yeah. I'm shaking hands. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. you know, th- there's a lot of things that come with that. And uh, so it was just interesting to see how scared we all were. And right. Just trying to keep people calm, trying to keep my kids. And mm-hmm. I'm blessed that my kids are so young. You know, my nieces are older, so they're, uh-huh. you know, and you have your yeah, children. Yeah, I'm, but I, I'm blessed too that my youngest is uh, in her senior year at school, so her senior yeah. year is kind of screwed up. But I told her if it's if this is the worst you're ever going to face in life, you you have a pretty good life. Yeah, get absolutely. Kind of get over it. Yeah, my yeah. son's two years out, and my stepchildren are they're, they're already out. Colleges are all screwed up. Like, yeah, I, it is. I'm not crazy about. The idea of paying for all that money for college and they're, they're, at, at they're home. Wa- and they're and they're watching pre-recorded classes. I mean, I'm not I'm not sure how exactly that whole tuition thing's supposed to be working. Yeah, but but I, my point is, if we had kids that let's say were like ten and like twelve right yeah. now, and then having to do that homeschool and getting them to sit in front of laptops all day. Oh yeah. My daughter has to sit in front of her. She's in kindergarten. and uh, That's got to be tough. Yeah. I mean, it, but <clears throat> the thing with her is it's school. For her, this is the normal. She doesn't know what school was like before that outside right. of daycare and preschool. Good point. And my three-year-old is just like, oh, okay, we in dad's house jumping on his couches. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they just destroy, you know. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. they really, man, they've, they've saved my life. 
and uh, having them to fight right for on. and not be afraid because I'm, I'm not afraid of coronavirus. I'm not afraid of right. the idea. I'm not afraid of dying, honestly. Right. Only thing that I would be upset about dying is just being away from my daughters. That's it. Yeah. But like the yeah. idea of death doesn't scare me, you know. And, I don't um, want to end up dying for a stupid reason. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? like, you, out of my own stupidity yeah. or someone else doing something to me that's stupid. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, absolutely. I think uh, I think we all just wanted answers in the beginning. And the more we started getting answers mm-hmm. the right way. Um, yeah, because- but how, would, how did that? It's okay. So let's move into March and June. Just rough spitballing here. Yeah. Because like, my daughter turned three in April. Okay. Um we had a Zoom birthday party damn there, pretty much. We just, everyone sung happy yeah. birthday through Zoom. Okay. Um, that was different. Mm. <laughs> Safer, though. Yeah, March, April. Um, but it, it, was, what it happened, was just though? unique. Then what happened? Like, obviously, the election's the 800-pound weight in yeah. the room. Let me ask this before we go there. Yeah. I've asked a couple other of my prior guests this is how don't agree if i'm wrong please don't agree but yeah i thought initially the way the polarization was falling especially in pennsylvania here because of the governor's rather strict decisions yeah we can argue good or bad I, whatever yeah but they were made terry so the polarization fell like this mm-hmm. whereas most things in life fall politically left or right yeah and something in between this one fell for those who were told to stay home that were still able to collect paychecks. They had they were either working from home, yeah, or there was government uh, unemployment or whatever it was yeah. that enabled them to kind of stay whole. Yeah. And their mindset was, oh, we need to stay home and we need to get rid of this and we do whatever we can and be protective and all. And then you had the entrepreneurs mm-hmm. whose money dried up where there really wasn't any available money. That they wanted to be safe too, but they also needed to continue to work to mm-hmm. eat. So yeah. I think those two sides, which were comprised of Democrats and Republicans and right and left and liberal conservative on both sides of that, it was, yeah. it was a weird delineation. You had weird people arguing with each other that maybe have never really argued about anything prior. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if we're going down this hole, so. <laughs> no, I mean, I, you know, no, I, um, did you see any of that? No, I didn't. <clears throat> And I, I have, I'm happy to talk about it. Okay. Um, here's the thing. I couldn't do any shows. Um, you know, I'm used to doing shows, used to making money, yeah. used to using that money for a lot of things. Right. I wasn't able to promote my two comedy albums that dropped because of Corona. My comedy albums dropped on the wrong artist page. I had to deal with all kinds of things. Wow. Um, I had to try and get that figured out and straight. So that kind of messed up streams in the beginning. Certainly. All kind of things. So I understood the frustration of both sides. I understood Mm -hmm. the safeness of both sides Mm -hmm. because, you know, they were coming up with ideas for like artists and stuff to um, get money through like unemployment and different things like that, which was a blessing. How'd that work? It was a blessing. Okay. It was definitely a blessing. Yes. It was a blessing, man. Um, You know, I was even able to start my own business through getting extra money and you know i was able to take care of a lot of stuff i had to do because uh you know i've 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 like split custody with my kid's mom but it's like my kids and then there was a lot of times this year where i had to keep them a little more 
So, you know, taking care of them um, <clears throat> in a sense of you, you have to be around your little kids a lot and they, oh, sure. they need a lot of attention and no it, it's, you know, it, it's difficult. So it, it, pretty much you, even with split custody, you're a single parent, regardless of what people think. So for me, um, it helped out a lot for me to take care of them. Cause I didn't want them going to daycare because daycares wasn't open mm-hmm. and then they opened and then we still needed to find out more about what was going on with sure. Corona Absolutely. to get uh understanding Absolutely. of it. Right. And um, it affects people differently. So I, you did see sides because here's the thing. And I, I'll talk about this with social media and empathy back to empathy. Nobody was really empathizing with each other. Everyone just had their own frustrations you actually had to sit at home and dissect yourself, your life, your decisions, your finances, mm-hmm. your relationships, everything. Everything, everything had to be reexamined. Right. You had to do a self-reflection that you avoid as, yeah. Every as day. humans. Every day. We always do. Yep. Why do you think we have so many distractions? The distractions are to keep you further away from God, the universe, whatever you believe in or whatever you don't believe in. I don't care. It's it's keeping you from connecting to what you are supposed to in here. And we chase these goals. We chase these ideas. We chase these images. And that's what was happening. All A lot man-made. of people were. It's all man All these people were arguing with each other. They're fighting with each other. Well, you guys are getting... I, I saw some of the most racist, craziest shit posted by people that... I, I wasn't shocked that they posted it, but some of them, I'm like, yo, you used to come to hip-hop shows. Mm-hmm. You were a part of the hip-hop culture. Mm-hmm. Black people created that culture, and you talking this shit? Right. Like, you know, right. not everyone's getting government assistance and right. all that stuff. You know, I was blessed to get what I had. But I don't get food stamps or right. nothing like that. Right. I, I still got to pay child support and take care of my kids. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, hearing like the stuff that people were saying, it's like people were going, they were getting that cabin fever. You got to think like a lot of a, a big generation of people like to go to bars. Right. And they would go to bars. Why did they go to bars to escape? They want to escape their wife. They want to escape their kids. They hang out with the boys. They drink their beers. They take shots. They get fucked up. People get drunk and they go and sleep with all kind of people. You're doing everything that distracts you from what? Self-reflection and reality. Your reality. So everyone's arguing with each other because they don't even know. They don't even understand who they are. They're like, what? What am I doing? Why they've am I doing this? They've been running for so long, and exactly, and they've been putting up this this facade because point, social media can allow us to put up a facade that is not real, right? Good point. So we can put up the images with our partners. We can put up the images with our kids. And some, I know people that put up images with their kids. They don't even take care of their damn kids. They ain't even really good parents. Oh, that's a thing. You know what I'm saying? That's and that a that's a legit thing. And you know, it's so you did see that, and. I think the split more so had to do with what is going on around us. One, we didn't have any answers. We don't know what's going on. We can't even wipe our ass because toilet paper ain't in the stores. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, that. we're using wet wipes that yeah. we got from KFC. You know, we. No wonder out there breaking sewer lines breaking and sewer. getting <laughs> all clogged up. You know, and, and people were getting <clears throat> angry. You got to think. Again, self-reflection. 
everybody slow down and look at the world around you and see what really matters. Mm -hmm. And then some people, you know, they got divorced. People broke up. People saw all kind of things in their lives change because they couldn't handle things. Some people's self-reflection was just too much for them because yeah. they're like, well, now it's it's a little too much. I'm realizing I don't want these things. Now you got to real you got to ask yourself, do I really love my wife? Because I don't really see her that much. And now we home together. She ugly. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, there's like stuff that, you know, you can't cheat on your wife now like you've been doing. So now you got to stare at this 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 woman in the face and you're like, Them man. The side she, chicks must have been lonely. Oh, man. The, the side chicks were lonely and, and the dudes was going even crazier. So, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it's a lot of that. And, you know, people talk so much shit on these people that wanted 15 an hour for yeah. these these. Uh, restaurants saw, and stuff. I saw that. And then you needed them. They became essential. Now the McDonald's line is even longer. Now Wendy's is all the way across the block. Now Chick-fil-A is around four blocks right. instead of the usual right. two. Three blocks, right. You know, right. so these are things that people didn't take and it came down to empathy if you empathize with these people and you realize maybe they had some shit happen to them in their lives yeah. where maybe yeah. they couldn't go to college yeah. maybe no they doubt. couldn't get no the question. job you know um just culturally there was mm -hmm. just so many different things mm -hmm. with uh and it, it came down beyond politics now it's starting to become personal now you're starting to see people say these crazy things now we see these things now the people that are usually distracted from espn and the nba and the nfl they're seeing police brutality 100%. they're seeing murders they're 100%. seeing kids are being kidnapped more 100%. than ever sex rings they're cracking down on more sex rings because they're realizing oh shit this has been going on and we've been ignoring these people and ignoring shit Everything was about a slowing down and you are either going to be better and stronger from this mm -hmm. or you're not. Mm -hmm. And that's you what might it came be worse. Down. You might be worse. But that's self-chosen. It in and at that point it is. Because you chose and that connection to the internet is just like the matrix. It it is. It's um you know, they use the term resources for HR, human resources, right? Mm -hmm. They use the term resources. We are resources. We're human resources. That's no it. No question. We are the fuel that helps the machine. And when you watch the matrix, the machines are using humans as fuel, as resources. No question right? about it. And he unplugs and he realizes the truth. The thing is there's um Plato's it's the allegory of the cave, I think it is. I always type in Plato's cave whenever I want to reread it. But uh, Plato, I studied philosophy. Oh, yeah, I know you do. And I um, do. Plato had this uh, story about this cave. And the, the people grew up chained to uh, a wall. And they were chained with their neck, their legs, everything. And then they had to watch a, a light, sh like shadows. It was like flame and shadow. So they, it looked like a shadow show. Mm -hmm. Like they used to do puppets back in the day. Mm -hmm. And uh, one guy breaks loose. He gets out. And he goes out the cave and he sees people are making the shadow show. It's not natural. There's people back here doing this every day for us. Right. And they're ooh and and loving it. He goes out into the real world. He the, the sun is blinding him. He can't even handle the light because he's been in the dark so long. Goes outside. He sees there's an island. There's oceans. There's trees. There's birds. 
there's actual animals and not the shadow ones they've been showing. And he comes back to tell everybody. And they go, get out of our way. We want to see the shadow show. We don't right. care about you. You're crazy. Right. You're losing your mind. You're right. out of it. Right. You don't make sense. Right. And he's like, no, look, there's this whole thing. They're like, get out of here. And they say if those people were unhinged, that they would kill him. And we've seen it throughout history. 100%. Tupac, Mozart, uh, Jesus, you name it. There's always that person that's trying to tell us exactly what I'm saying. And they get off because mm-hmm. they're. And mm-hmm. so the the beautiful thing about this is that people actually there were a lot of people that actually started listening and they started realizing, yo, this is too much. You know, I always tell people, you know, it's, it's important to kind of break away because you get caught up in it, especially in entertainment. You get caught up so much in the, the lifestyle that um, there's so many people around me. They were more worried about the ego part than than actual yeah, performance I, part. I, 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 I was pretty prevalent on social media yeah you pay attention to that yeah that was pretty obvious oh it's it's obvious and and they know who they are and you know it's it's all about ego it's about themselves it's about me 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 i want to be seen right. and you know i'm all like man i could care less about telling jokes i gotta take care of these kids like yeah. you know i want to make sure they're good yeah they're and prior priorities in line yeah and i mean at the same time i was blessed so you know, I I recorded my albums right mm-hmm. right at like actually, I had got sick, and when they started talking about Corona, I was like maybe I had that because I got sick like I've never gotten before. You might have. But and people were saying last last fall. Yeah, it was it. They they tried to say um, twenty twenty, but that shit was here in like twenty nineteen. I think so too. Because I travel internationally, and there's so many countries that go through Toronto that that Toronto airport has countries well, that sure. we don't even do business well, with. Sure. So um, we have those international airports just going like that, you know, and that's when I got sick, like afterwards. So it's, you know, there's just, there's a lot, man, that, that came with what was going on in the world, even with like the police brutality stuff. Yeah. Like we go, saw. Go there with me. Cause yeah. I, I, cause, um, because I, <clears throat> It's so funny. I, my my really uh, cool slogan was was co opted by a bunch of celebrities that said it more eloquently to me. But the the point was, my thought was, you know, this is going on for so long. Yeah. It's just now we have nothing else to fucking concentrate on, and we happen to have more video cameras out. There. We do. You put all that together. Yeah. And now it's just more in your face. It it's is more in everybody's face. It is. Yes. But I, but to, to think that this is a new phenomenon, it's just that's just second grade thinking, you know. Yeah. Um, the people didn't again. Nobody had distractions. There's no club, no mm-hmm. bar. Mm-hmm. You ain't even going into the office. Mm-hmm. You staying at home and you got Which that means TV. You're only really working an hour a day. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, most people ain't even going into the office. Right, you know, right. So instead of driving across town and listening to your favorite podcast, your favorite playlist, you ain't doing it. You're at home listening to screaming kids. Your wife's cooking. You guys are trying to figure out things. If you ain't got no partner and you doing this, you you know, yeah, there's all kinds of things that people are trying to do, but you don't have those vices. So now every, now you're on social media, right? Everything's in your face. Now you're on the TV, everything's in your face. You're trying to figure out 
what's the next steps with Corona mm -hmm. and now there's other stuff in your face. Mm -hmm. There is a lot with that. It's, it's a rabbit hole that I can definitely go down. The issue, in my opinion, with America, America is very driven on race. Mm -hmm. We were built on it. Race has built this country, whether it's slavery, whether it's the Chinese that built the railroads, mm -hmm. whether it's the Mexicans coming in. That's history. It's just all part of American history, the Native Americans. You go through history, race has built this country. We can't call it a melting pot and not treat it like such. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, there's so much hierarchy and we put these things when this police brutality stuff was going on, like, you know, George Floyd, and then everyone's like, it's fake. And then there's people like George Floyd, this, and, and then they're trying to discredit him because he did some adult videos. The, the man probably had to pay some bills. It is what it is. <laughs> he was in a bad spot and, and he moved to that city to get out of that type of yeah. like mentality, yeah. you know? And, um, you know, you had these different situations and the thing is you do have a lot of cameras. There's more cameras. You People yeah. catch it more, right? Yeah. And then you caught it even more because now everyone's home and now there's even more of it going on because everybody's losing their mind, whether mm -hmm. it's the, the citizens, the police, whatever. Mm -hmm. People are losing it. And you only see the extremes to like the, of the oh, bad yeah. behavior, right? That's, yeah. Which is sometimes that's even staged for attention. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, there, There's so much stuff that goes on with it. Uh. The problem is that the media makes so much money off of black men dying. And mm -hmm. that bothers me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm more than just a, a photo opportunity at mm -hmm. a rally. You know, don't use my death for you to just take a picture in front of a burning car. And That's throw a powerful your fist statement. Up. You know, it, and it's, it's true. It's just like that bothers me just as much as the, seeing these deaths. You know, mm -hmm. we're so, we see death so much on the internet. And again, the internet has programmed us to be so that that lack of empathy is being ta taken away. Yeah, because you can't have empathy because you're desensitized. Right. So how how can right. I care about what you're doing after I just seen five other people die and a and a goat be slaughtered? You know, yeah. it's because that's the internet. It. And um, so you know there there was so much stuff that was going on where you know I was at rallies. Mm -hmm. I had to go to rallies. I did secu armed security at uh rally to prevent some agitators because you have these uh what are called agitators they come out and what this is going to sound wild but you have some agitators that are agents of destruction that are set up either by law enforcement government or a political party you don't know which one it could be liberal or mm -hmm. it could be gop like you don't know right People are just going out there oh, yeah. and then, so, you know, there yeah. were a ton of agitators at this event, yeah. but we shut them down before they could even yeah. get to going. And, um, the fact that I had to do that just to make kids feel safe, to be able to speak their mind was crazy to me. Yeah. The line, and, the lines get blurred of even who the actual agitators are. Cause one, one, one political side will co-opt and say, well, they're that group is doing it. Yeah. And the other political side, no same event. But it's that group doing yeah. it. Yeah. And then sometimes you might get the. And they the, both might be. And they, they're both. So it's. um And the, the only people that really suffer from it are the people. You get hit with the tear gas. You get well, hit the, with the, the rubber the bullets. The and for me, what really was unbelievable was that 
you know, we have the the inalienable right of this country to assemble and to protest. That is, we we have that we right. Do. Yes, absolutely. And, and that is one of the most important rights that we have. Yes. And what an amazing moment in time to peacefully protest. Yeah. And you know, it it was vastly more peaceful than all the isolated incidents of violence, but the isolated incidents of violence became news stories 24-7 on every channel. Because for like, that's you know, how And then you money. show the yeah. video, and they show a burning car, but when you really looked at the bigger picture, the whole town wasn't on fire. No. It re- you really got to dive through the optics. Yeah, yeah, right? you do. It's scary. Um, because when you're down in the trenches, like I got judged for going out to the rallies. By, like, own, by some of my own people, like judging me, talking shit, like, like oh, why, what why would, of shit? What do you mean? Why would you go out there armed? Why would you go out to these events? Like, you got to be careful. No, I'm out here because this is securing a legacy that my mm-hmm. family, mm-hmm. my family's from the south. Mm-hmm. I got family members that was doing the marches. I got family members that had to move up here yeah. because it was so bad down here that they just needed jobs, so they worked at the steel mill. So mm-hmm. I'm out here on the the behalf of my family who fought hard for me to even be able to get the jobs that i have to even be able to live yeah but that's I big do. that's big picture that, thinking that and is and you are a person able to do that yes a lot of people can yeah they choose not to exactly and it goes back to what empathy if you empathize with someone you could understand mm-hmm. okay i understand why he's doing that so when you're in the trenches and you see what's actually going on versus how the news spins it, I remember the I was watching the news and I end up saying something about it to people because I was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were like, "Oh well, they're they're surrounding a police car." I said, "Absolutely not. We were not surrounding a police car. The police were blocking the streets off for us in East Liberty. What they did was they did their duty and they looked out for us." They blocked off the street, regardless of how they think about the situation or not. They looked out. They made sure we were good. Right. The person happened to move in the middle of the street, not realizing how big the crowd was coming around it. So they moved the car. Of course. So what did the news do? They're surrounding. It's a narrative. WPX. They're surround. I'll, I'll na- put them on black. WPX. They're surrounding. It's a narrative. Yeah. It is a narrative. Yeah. And then. When there was that whole issue where they were shooting beanbags and tear gas, there was that the rally ended. I left. Mm-hmm. Me and my people left. There were some people that kept going. Mm-hmm. They figured we still got till six o'clock or we're allowed to do it till this time. Right, 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 right. Trump did a speech where he said, if anyone's out like during this time, I forget the exact speech, they are unlawful. Mm-hmm. Here's how dangerous, because the police chief wanted the smoke. This is how dangerous it was. They loaded up a Pat bus and and blacked it out with SWAT members. They had drones around us Mm -hmm. while we were marching. They had snipers above us at Target. Snipers. Military snipers. And then some of the guys were dressed as military because we don't even know if they were really military. So there's so much conspiracy stuff going on where people say these conspiracies. It's legit. I mm-hmm. seen it. Mm-hmm. There were some kids smacking a camera at Target. I, I had to run over and tell them to chill. Say, yo, if you don't want to end up a hashtag, you better chill, bro. They oh, Then they saw, oh, he got a gun. Let's back off. Mm-hmm. Like, there's mm-hmm. so many. I'm trying to keep you safe. 
Because yeah. if you go, if you walk out of here, there's some dudes up there. They got something for you. Yeah. Then yeah. as we were leaving, they lined up other police that we had no idea, riot police. Then they set up those police in the bus to cut off the people coming. Mm-hmm. Those people didn't even hear the speech. So they thought we are legally allowed to be out here. Got it. What happened? They said, turn around. They're like, why should we turn around? We're legally allowed to be out here. Right. Right. Do I feel there there was some agitation there from some of the people? Because one of my biggest issues with these type of situations is you have these civil rights leaders who are social media celebrities through activism. There's some that go on. Activism is the new celebrity. So these people go out here and they start shit and put other people in harm Mm -hmm. for likes, Mm -hmm. for extra live views, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. They because maybe they were lame and and nobody liked them, so now they can they can give people the Kool-Aid. Yeah. And so there was some agitating with that. And then they start shooting beanbags and injuring rubber bullets. Yeah. They injured a lot of people tear gas and these people had no ideas i mean there were kids and at these rallies like real little kids like my kids age you know and that's Mm -hmm. why i wanted to go i wanted to protect the little kids like you know i didn't have my kids those days so i was like you know i want to make sure these little ones are good so the media makes a lot of money off of it and eric you know this like the way it is is black man dies by white man so if you kill me right now it the headline is going to say White man kills black entertainer. Mm-hmm. And oh, the headlines are going to be huge and they're going to destroy you. And I'm end up on someone's t-shirt. <laughs> I hate to laugh about it. <laughs> Don't give but, me fucking ideas yeah. over here. I'm just telling you. But now. I'm going to end up like, on, you know, yeah, right. I'm going to end up on someone's t-shirt and yeah. Yeah. the next hashtag and and a, a rally and yeah. and they're all going to be fighting for justice, right? Right. And rightfully so in a sense of the justice part right because we all want justice for anyone to die 100 if i kill you Mm -hmm. they're going to find the worst picture of me in a hoodie and dusty i cannot argue that and and they're just going to say um maybe man kills eric mckenna they'll use your name Mm -hmm. and uh Mm -hmm. you know they'll set it up a certain way because that is just going to be like they ain't going to come and visit me in the hospital no yeah <laughs> so it's it's going to be more We're like the I'm not going to come and see me the, no Eric McKenna hashtag no so, not, Eric no exactly right. right so it what ends up happening is the media knows what can we make money off of what gets us ratings right. black men dying gets us ratings it's the reason that they don't really but put a black, black man kill if I was black and I killed you would yeah. that get ratings um, no, it's going to be the typical. Or if you were white and I killed you, no one gives a shit. It'll be the typical. No one gives a shit. It'll be the typical man kills man story, right? Exactly right. The, That's my point. The too. media knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They know, and they push it, and they push it so much. It's a script almost. It is. A they're script. looking for a script. Well, they 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 have to find a way to get ratings because now the news is 24 hours like TV don't shut off like it used to. And we did that, and we fucked up because we let them become entertainment and yes. it shouldn't have happened we did we had other entertainment we did we should have demanded better entertainment yeah but we didn't we got lazy as consumers we did yeah we let them manipulate news into entertainment we did man you got to think man once the news stopped becoming real news you know everything is about 
fear mongering. It's to make you sad. This is how, even if you watch how they do it, they do it just like I set up a comedy set. Okay. To tell. Man dies. Old woman dies. Someone dies of COVID. We have puppies for (laughs) (laughs) Christmas. Find out where you can get your puppies during Corona season. And then kid dies. Black man killed by white male. Black man killed by white cop. Black man killed by white cop. Oh, a cancer survivor got to meet Dwayne Johnson. News at eleven. It's it it takes you on a roller coaster that these social media and media takes us on roller coasters that the humans are not supposed to experience. One, we are not supposed to have this much connection to this many people. We're not. Great point. We're not. There's no reason. Brian brains are wired to absorb that much. It's not. It's not. I could tell you right now. You know what? Getting attention from certain people and like you know you got five thousand people liking you and hitting you up and paying attention to your stuff. Mm-hmm. That isn't normal. It's like not, it's healthy. It's not healthy either, but it's not normal. And then you're fully connected. When I used to get my ass whooped and 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 bullied and shit, I could go home. I could get a meal. I could at least play a video game and not think about it. Maybe when I go to bed, I might get some anxiety like, shit, he gonna whoop my ass tomorrow again. But I at least had a moment. These kids are going home. They're connected to the internet. They're, they're getting cyber bullied. And everyone's like, cyber, uh, you, these kids are soft. No, these kids are not soft. The mm. fact that you cannot turn it off. It's vicious. You can't turn it off. These kids have to face this shit. And they are dying. Because and that's how media is. You can you can literally see a story four hours ago about calling a West at three in the morning. Like and then you can choose what story you want, which one had it first and which one had it later to find out. Because some stories like TMZ will wait like two hours because then they'll find out more information than CNN did or Fox News. Mm -hmm. The media makes so much money off of it. So when black people are dying, we are being it's being pushed in our face so much. Oh, it's, it's being marketed. It is. It it is a marketing, and because of that, it causes more conflict. Because of that, it causes more hate. Because of it, because some people don't want to face the reality of dangers in the world. Mm-hmm. People don't want to believe that there are people out here harming children. You know what happened during the pandemic? They released the FBI released uh, pages about the finders who the finders were a group mm-hmm. that people in the late eighties, they found them. They said they were a cult and they found these guys kidnapping, like bringing kids and they had like Chinese translation, like state of the art right. computers for the eighties. Right. And they found this group called the finders. Then they created the satanic panic because the satanic panic was a part of that. Yep. They wanted to set this cult yep. up. They found out, that the the main guy was the head of the CIA. They just released it after all these years of people saying this and them saying you're nuts is conspiracy. They finally released the papers to confirm this shit. Of course. That kids were being kidnapped and being brought in and being sold by government officials. Government officials want these kids. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to release this information because some of the people were. Oh, it's going on. For, it's going on. It's today. been going on. Yeah. It, it is. And. You know, we have all this stuff that people just don't want to believe. And now they've had no choice but to face it. You know, when somebody with the 
the riots and stuff like that, there were a lot of agitators that were caught on video. And I'm happy that, that we had cameras because that we were able to prove that agitators exist. People mm-hmm. don't didn't believe us for the longest. You know, mm-hmm. I remember uh, when Mike Brown died and down in Missouri, mm-hmm. they said there were agitators there. And no one believed it. They tried to get him on video. The one dude who was like a real, like a real serious civil rights leader, not no social media activist. I want to get your money and your likes. Yeah. He was a real deal. They killed him. Yep. He died. Yep. So there's so much out in this world that like when you start getting to the truth, something it's hard happens. to get there, though. It, it's hard. It, 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 is. Not, it's not, maybe, it may be not hard to get there. Maybe it is. But it certainly is hard to to rectify in your mind when you only have a couple hours a day or, an, or, a day, or you have a half an hour to try to sort what you just witnessed in your head and rectify it in your head so you have an understanding. Yeah. And then every 20 minutes you're hearing something else that's changing the narrative. It's hard, man. It, it is. Um, here's the thing, man. I've, I am not going to sit here and tell you I would never call the police because mm-hmm. the police have helped me many times mm-hmm. on, on many things. Mm-hmm. But I, I'll also tell you a story that I was I picked up my kids from daycare. I posted about it and um, I go to pick up my daughters and they're in the back seat and I get pulled over. And at the time I was driving like um, this older truck that my dad had and I had to use it and um, they I got pulled over, but not by regular police. I got pulled over by like a task force. Right. Okay. So they were like playing mm-hmm. cars it was like six to seven cars. It was a lot. Uh, we'll say minimum of six. Mm-hmm. Bruh, they approached my uh, truck on William Penn Highway with long rifles. So I did nothing. Anyone that, uh, I, I wouldn't even be able to do a lot of the things that I do right. without the background checks I get. Right. Um, I, I don't have a bad driving record. Never had a speeding ticket in my life. I don't have any charges, no mis- not even a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. have anything. Mm-hmm. Clean ass record. I get pulled over. They're coming like this. I'm freaking the fuck out. You have kids in the car. I got my little girls in the car, so I'm freaking out. So I'd roll down my window and I yell, yo, I got my babies in here. I got babies in the car. So, you know, because I don't know what they're thinking. So they're all like surrounded and they're all. And I mean, these dudes were like, they were decked out. They, the one cop keeps looking on the one side because he's on the other side to make sure ain't nothing going on. And, you know, I'm trying to keep my daughters calm mm-hmm. because, you know, if they see these big ass guns, they're going to be well, like, sure. you know, they're sure. not maybe not terrified because they're little, but they're like, daddy, you know what's going on? So I told them and they're like, we got pulled over. I say, yeah, just stay calm. And they're like, well, daddy, can you get us our fruit snacks? I'm like, daddy ain't reaching. <laughs> you just going to have to wait till we get home. And, um. I talked to the guy and, you know, we get to talking and uh, the truck my dad bought off a buddy of his and he supports the uh, the police uh, fraternity, mm-hmm. fraternity order. Mm-hmm. It's an old FAP, black dude. Right? Yeah. Old, older black dude from Homewood. And, uh, it, you know, we, we were talking and he's like, do you know why we pulled you over? And I'm like, no, I don't. He's like, well, your registration is up. And I go, well, and it literally just expired like that month. And I go, I didn't even realize. I said, I just been going through a lot, like busy. And he goes, oh, okay. So they run my license and he's asking questions and we get the talking and everything. And, you know, I'm cracking jokes or whatever. And, um, we drive off and, uh, 
a cop followed me all the way back to my house to make sure I was going like straight to my house or whatever. And um, and it wasn't even one of their those cops. It was a regular cop. Like it's like they got on the mm-hmm. radio and said, make sure this dude really lives where he's at. And um, this is where I live, man. That's a bit this much. is my neighborhood. And I get home and, you know, I do the registration online immediately. Like I told him I would. I didn't know. But, you know, everyone, I, I remember posting that story just to kind of give people insight. Like, yo, you know me personally. Right. Don't sit here and bash these stories. You know me personally. Right. And then there was some people that was like, oh, well, maybe the cops in. <clears throat> Regardless, bro, what yeah. if they just opened fire? What if they were after somebody yeah. and the truck fit the description and yep. me and my babies is dead? And then what? Yeah. It, 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 I, as a white person, I will tell you, the one thing I've always heard for my whole life is when stories like this would it would come in and you come as well, you know, if you're not doing anything wrong, you have nothing to worry about. First off, you can't be that second grade in your thought to think that's actually true. No. Driving while black is an absolute thing. And if Illegitimate. and I'm a white person of <laughs> of, of fifty five years old, and I am I will know in my life that I don't face the same risk going out every day. I also know that being a police officer, I do believe is one of the toughest jobs there is on the planet. And yeah. it only takes one really sinister cop and a thousand great cops, and you got a cop problem. Yeah, so, you do. So I'm not minimizing anything, but man, you know, Rogan had Jocko Willick on and a couple other folks recently yeah. talking about ideas for training. Like, mm-hmm. you think training is really the crux of the problem right now? And, and to root out those bad apples who do have issues that shouldn't be carrying a badge, the ones that shouldn't be carrying a badge. Yeah. So I worked security enforcement when I was younger okay. in Alabama. And, okay. And uh, yeah. And I, I that's lied. a whole podcast. It is, <laughs> and I, I lied about my age so I could get the job. Okay, they didn't ask for like anything. Is this guy Hayes? He was like Denzel from Training Day. Okay, in Huntsville, Alabama. Okay, and he used to be a cop, and uh, he was like the guy, you know. Okay, so I worked for Hayes, and if we got pulled over, we'd ask for officer courtesy. They treated us just like they would treat police, almost because we were a part of Hayes okay. private investigation and security. All right. And they thought I was like 23, and I was only 18 and 19, and okay. I was risking my lives in clubs and stuff. Sure. And those dudes would come and save our lives, man. Like there were many a nights where guns yeah. were pulled on me and all yeah. kind of stuff, and yeah. they. But but they should it's, do that. That's, yes. That's but the thing is the job. What I learned is the job is scary as hell. I would imagine. But at the same time, I don't know what training you can do outside of just evaluating. Well, who vetting out the who bad apples. Giving. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, is, man. Well, escalation. is. Can't you give escalation training? Like when you, I, I, How many brand new police officers are out there? And just by the luck or unluck of the circumstance, are yeah. thrown in this and thrown into bad circumstances and having to make life or death situations, and they've got no point of reference. Yeah, they don't. Well, the the other thing too is, man, I, it's the same with like military. Okay. First of all, you get a lot of guys who are ex-military and they become police, or a lot of the guys that I knew that became police were guys that got bullied. So then they. Okay. They. I remember some dude telling me like I was at like Eaton Park one day with friends when I was younger. Okay. And he's like, yo, I'm I'm training to be a, a state state trooper. All right. And I used to like rip on him and stuff, right? Because I was just a funny kid and I used to rip on him all the time. And he said, your black ass better not come down my road, boy. 
and 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 hurried up and bounced out and i laughed so hard at it. i didn't even get angry i laughed because i was like yo that is that's what happens you get these guys who like it's a power trip for them right it's kind of like the entertainer that never right. got attention and now they get all the women in the world and they don't know how to handle it and that's why i think training has to be different I think more. I think more evaluation than training well, because both. Well, um, evaluation should be part sense. of that training. Maybe but, the initial part of the training is the evaluation, right? Yeah, because a psychological profile. A right? lot of the yes, a lot of the situations I've been in or I've been around, like another. Uh, there's been a lot of situations, but one of the other big ones that stands out to me just off top was I came back from school. Um, I was down in Alabama to go to school to play football. And all of us, the football team, track guys, all of us, we got back together and we were in Highland Park okay. on the east side of Pittsburgh. And uh, we're over by like the reservoir, like the mm -hmm. wood playground that's been on Mr. Rogers. Oh, and yeah. um, so we're all sitting there. We're talking. We're having a good time. All of us. So we get in our cars. What happens? Ten mm -hmm. police cars, canine, everything. Mm hmm. We have no clue what's going on. None. We're only teenagers. And at this time, there wasn't that much in the media just telling people that you was going to die. Right. You know, we kind of right. we kind of knew that bad things happened, but we didn't, you know, we we're young. So um, they check all our IDs. They say, we got a report that there's a drug deal going down here. And I said, I've never seen a public drug deal this big in my life. I am not about to move kilos in Highland Park <laughs> in front of old white women walking poodles. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and that it all and that's the other thing. All it takes is one call of somebody reporting some bullshit because we caught that lady who strangled her dog and tried to say this black man was harming her. Yes. If he didn't have a, a video phone or it wasn't yeah. on camera yeah. of him recording her through the nine one one call, yeah. Lord knows what could yeah. have happened. Because then that's the other thing with the train. The, the calls what what is coming in on these calls you know there was a um another guy who had mental health issues and the the call they got the way the dude's brother called and this is the thing that pisses me off too if you have a family member that you know and there's a lot of like disconnect with mental health and black people anyway because of culture but if you know that there's something wrong with that person there's a certain way that you have to call you need to let those people know what's going on right i i listened to the call He's like, oh, you know, my brother out here tripping. He butt naked out here, and he he on he has hell like usual and da da da. Bro, they killed him. Yeah, they came and they they choked him out and they did all this stuff because in their mind they're just thinking this is a drugged out crazy dude. And then if you also got that cop who doesn't give a shit anyway and he don't have the sensitivity training, mm -hmm. and he's coming in like that already, mm -hmm. so they're being told that their lives are at risk, but nobody's giving them an idea of how their lives are at risk. Right. So there's right. so much where maybe there needs to be an understanding of dispatch, where dispatch needs to ask certain questions. Like if, if, if they feel that this call is going a certain way, there's a certain sense of questions that maybe you can ask. Because usually people are going to tell you what's going on, right? But if I'm freaking out yeah. and I got a bipolar brother who's... Yeah having a manic episode oh, yeah. and he's trying to kill that me happens i'm just going to be like yo my brother's out here trying to kill me because i just need someone to come help me right so, yeah so the onus has to be on the family it it's to, to some degree it, to make the local municipality aware or something yeah yeah so you just have to right? there, there's so much that 
that mm -hmm. we need to change in general. We mm -hmm. need to change the way that the officers are because there's so many of these old school officers yeah. that still have these old school mentalities. I had an incident happen to me. No question about where, it. Where um, I had to call the police and the incident went left and the cop wasn't, law enforcement wasn't helping me. The younger cops were like, look, just go, go file the paperwork that you need to down the court. Like we, we understand your situation. But the older cop who was in charge was like, oh, well, you know, mm -hmm. and I've been a victim of domestic issues with women throughout my life. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's a thing. And right. it's like when you call police, like it, it could either go left or right. Right. But the courts are getting better at it. But law enforcement is not because the cop told me, well, oh, we're the used old to pushing back. Yeah. He's like, we're used to the 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 woman always being right in these situations. Like he straight up told me that. So you put me at risk and almost made me lose my children because mm -hmm. of your old school thoughts that you are pushing on this younger generation of officers that you that are under your command and they're trying to help me out but if you tell them this person wants to press charges arrest them i have to go to jail for lord knows oh. how many days even if i'm proven mm -hmm. innocent which i was you know yeah. um and the structure of, of local municipalities local townships counties the way yeah. things are run they're almost run like you know they're all their own their own little country at like times. like a ponderosa <laughs> <laughs> kind of, pretty much. They're run like yeah, uh, like management yeah. upon which, and that and that hopefully is a system that time will change. I think over. I, I hope. I you know what I don't I don't know, man. But how though? Like the how how can we see that change being administered? That sounds like a clusterfuck. If you, you know? if you want my honest opinion, the only way that we can make a lot of changes in America is that the the older generations have to die off. Yeah, and that and that right? sounds and that sounds crazy for yeah. me to say, but I'm not ready to go yet. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know how you know you I could think, yeah. wait. You're Gen X, barely. You're, you're, yeah, you're Generation I'm 50, X. I'm from my, right there in the beginning, yeah. or I'm, I'm very late baby boomer. Believe it or not, I'm, so I'm there. It, well, boomer. I thought boomers ended in '64. So. I was born in '66, so you're Gen X. Okay, I'm so, a Gen X. Well, you know, didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> At right. least that's what I read okay. recently. Um you know, and then the silent generation, uh, like I think about a lot of situations in this world and um, just, I've been through so much in life. I've witnessed so much and I've learned so much and I really dissect things. Mm -hmm. And um, our, my grand, my grandfather fought in Korea. He was in the Korean war and in the Korean war, he um, Lord knows what he saw. Right. And he comes back and he drinks a lot. He's abusive. He's all kind of different things. And um, now we can look back at it and go, this dude had PTSD. Mm -hmm. Like he fought for a country and came back and was still the N-word. Yeah. Like that's we, it. We that's all you are. You're right. just another black boy. Absolutely. And um, 100%. And then, you know, and then that's the other thing that makes me upset about things. You know, people are like, oh, well, you know, there's people fighting for this country and you want to kneel during the anthem and you want to do this. I don't, the anthem situation is different for me. I'm more focused on how we can actually make change. I don't care about all the social media and the fun shit that people do. But what I will say is this. I have so many family members who have fought for this country too. And it's offensive when you have these white people going, well, my my brother fought for this country, 
So did my granddad. So did my great grandfather. Yeah. So did my uncle. So did my great uncle. So did my cousins. Yeah, where's the measure? So did my friends. From, like? Yeah, it's because they just assume, and there's this assumption, because you got to think, military is built off the backs of poor people, because always has been, and it always has been, and a lot of the black people who join the military, they're at home, they got a kid on the way. Or there's a situation happening. They want to get out of the hood. They want to all these different situations. I know of people that went to military. They couldn't afford college. You know, not mm-hmm. everyone has mom and dad to be able to. Well, that's the pay reality. The military tuition. that most people don't want to think. They about. don't want to that's think the about reality. it. And it's like so. You know, you can't say that uh, you can't make it like white people are the only ones fighting for this country. There's so many people. If we're going to talk about it being a melting pot, these people are Mm -hmm. fighting for the country, too. I have mad people that fight for the country. And, you know, it's it's just a it's a whole situation. America really needs to change because a lot of the silent generation changed. They realized as they got older, what was I fussing about? There's these old people in these old folks home together and they're all shitting and depends together of all creeds and colors. And they're realizing what was we fussing about? You are actually mm-hmm. a good person. I never even met a, a black person before. I never even met an Asian. And I've been judging mm-hmm. y'all because the media and because of TV and because I saw black man kills this or this, this and that. Or I turned on cops one day, accidentally turned on BET. You know, people are judging off of those things. They don't have any real recollection of of what people do. Um, and there's a that's lot of point. there's a lot of these situations in America. And that's mm-hmm. what needs to change. If we're going to make change, we have to change ourselves. And again, empathy, self-reflection, mm. things that people don't want to face right now. These are the only ways that we could but change it's our country. Them in the face, based upon it's, what COVID's done to us, and, and they need and, to do it. And but think about how many people have changed. Oh, yeah. Think about how much. There's a lot of people who are like, "Holy shit! Like, what have I been doing? What have I been doing?" So I'll share this. I'll share this with you. I, I made a social media post the other night. I got real reflective on things, and and like I cra- I blogged it and I put it on Facebook last yeah. night. Um. 20-ish years now. Time flies. I was at a guitar show with a, a friend of mine that I had met. He was from Dallas. Okay. And he was blind. I was blind from the day he was born. Yeah. And, you know, so it wasn't like he had his sight and lost it. Blind. Yeah. And we're at dinner, and we're eating an amazing steak, as you do in Dallas. <laughs> and he, he looked at me, and he said, you know, I just don't understand racism. Came out of the blue. Yeah. And we're in Texas. We're in Dallas, right? And uh, I go, well, what, what, you don't understand it? He goes, no. As a matter of fact, he goes, uh, for, you know, for you people with sight to discriminate against anybody over anything is like, just why? Why would yeah. you do that? I can't rationalize. And I didn't, I'm eating my steak, and I'm like, what? And after like talking to this gentleman for like 45 minutes, Terry, I remember not ordering, ordering dessert because I was so internally sick to my stomach and then going back to my hotel room and really, I don't know if I wept or not, but I was extremely depressed. Like, I have sight. I've been gifted, I've been gifted sight. Yet, I have used my sight at times to label people. Yeah. Put them in boxes. Yeah. Think about, you know, and, and not just the interracial lines, gender lines, yeah. maybe, uh, you know, philosophical lines, just yeah. boxing people up, man. I'm just boxing them up and storing them mm. in the garage, mm-hmm. labeling them up, and then and only pulling them out when it's convenient for me. Yeah. Even indirectly. Mm-hmm. 
and I never considered myself an overtly racist person, but I still thought that way in a lot of different ways. Yeah. How dare me do that? Yeah. And I just had a revisit. I revisited that memory recently through 2020. Like, you know what? We all, I don't say we all, I need to make sure that I stay focused on the fact that each individual experience is unique for a reason. Yes, like absolutely. The the skin color or the gender mm-hmm. or the disability, yeah. that's only part of the equation of that individual. Yet we use those derivatives to to drive the narrative yeah, internally. We do. We're really fucked up, man. Yeah. We're, we're, we're fucked up when we do that. We're broken, bro. Yeah, and I really, it's a humbling thing. It's all personal, but it's yeah. humbling. But they, you know, I keep try to I'm keep glad that you shared stuff. That. I try to keep that stuff into forefront mm-hmm. because this man, who was a white man, by the way, yeah, I don't even know what he even knows what that means. He's never seen color. He can't dream in visions. He dreams in emotion. And emotion, sound, smell. Wow, other, man. Other, other thing. You got to think about something. Sorry, I was so long winded. That was a no. Really, that's not long winded. Really, at all. really deep for me. No, well, I'm glad you mentioned that because you got to think of it like this: um, alchemy. Mm. The whole idea of alchemy is you have to sacrifice something worth everything else, right? It has to be equal or more. That's the idea of like the alchemy when you think of it outside of just the scientific way of melting down metals, like spiritually. Did so, you read the book, The Alchemist. Uh, I know about Paul, the book. Yeah, the read Alchemist. that. Paul yeah. Corolio. Yeah, a lot of people like it. I I've studied alchemy in mm-hmm. like other ways, like through, you know, like specific alchemists and stuff. And uh, I dig down rabbit holes a lot. And yeah. I th- during this quarantine, I self reflected so much and dug down and found a, a new version of me that is like more powerful than ever. But um, I'll do tell. Oh, I will. But uh, <laughs> the alchemy part, you got to think he sacrificed he sacrificed his sight, even mm-hmm. if he doesn't realize he did. So the universe said, we're going to take something away from you to give you something better. Mm-hmm. Because of that, think about how many people he may have touched with that type of conversation. Because you're reflecting on it at twenty in 2020. And I've done it many times since. And you think about that. Like, I, I, you ha- he doesn't see what people hate and why. Right. All he knows is a voice, touch, smell, and if people treat him well. Exactly right. And that is why we again we take so much for granted we take life for granted we are so entitled and uh the united states of america needs to grow up and we need to change that and it's not just about anything like there are some things that i'll agree on that um you know even on the right wing side i'm like yeah there's some legitimacy there Mm -hmm. when they say things and same with the liberal side i don't consider myself one or yeah, you're very other. pragmatic you come off as a very pragmatic person i uh, appreciate it yeah i i'm i'm more logical like i want to know let's find out the truth let's take these pieces and put them together because what people don't know is if you're christian you follow the bible but there's pieces of the bible that were missing and then they found them and That's if you right. go back and read those That's chapters right. of the bible you go holy shit mm-hmm. this is what i've needed for myself but they took them out because they didn't want you to have that for yourself they wanted to right. control you to keep you coming to right chase on. what right you on. needed for yourself right, right on. so kind of a genius uh, it's it's that spiritual idea mm-hmm. you know and that's that's the the situation with him like the, that that was like that alchemy like 
that that was sacrificed. We don't realize how beautiful the world around us is. We just we're just so caught up in the wrong things, material things, things that we are told that we need Mm -hmm. versus what we actually need. Um, You know, one of the things we're so unsophisticated to buy into that shit. Yeah, yeah, we We have the power to, to like laugh at that. Yeah, but we don't because some people don't. They don't know how. Here's here's what I've learned, um, which is funny. You brought up the blind dude saying that he doesn't understand that discrimination, especially like people with sight. I was at a comic con, and um, this guy in a wheelchair comes out, right? And he's in a wheelchair, and he, he's wheeling himself, and you know, um, he's paralyzed from the waist down, so you can tell. And he's with his buddies or whatever. And uh, to the right, there is a blind man. And he has a dog and um, the guy in the wheelchair goes, that's ridiculous for him to come to a con. What's he going to do? Have his dog sniff out the best deals? Yo, (laughs) said that blew my mind. And, you know, and wow. And it it was hurtful, man. And and I know he heard it. He heard it one his his it's hurtful his, for you to listen to it. Yeah, his hearing is like <laughs> daredevil. <laughs> century, you know, it's extra century. You know, right? he I mean, you know, you each got a superhero here. What he has daredevil, you got Professor X. Daredevil's yeah. a little yeah, more yeah, badass, yeah, but yeah, still. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. and it's when I heard that, it made me realize that the reality is that that self-reflection and empathy that we run from so much is that healing that we need we run from it because we don't want to face it because it's what we actually need right so that dude is so angry at the world for what he has to deal with every day that he wanted to lash out at the blind man no question there are people hurt people hurt people yeah that's it that's all there is to it for me like one of the big things that i have a problem with and i have no problem sharing this with you on the show and talking to you with it one of my biggest issues with america the the world whatever black men black americans in general but uh we are like a specific resource for the world like we've been that even if people don't want to dig and deep into slavery um like the cherokee native americans they had slaves and then when abolishment happened they still didn't want to give up their slaves because they said we're not a part of your america and the mohawk to this day me and a buddy of mine um dom he produces my albums and dom is uh in charge of like the podcasting part of what we're going to be doing with team terry productions right um he was, you know, he's trying to help me find like more of my Native American roots and stuff because there's no paperwork. Because black people, like, for us to find our history, like, um, what, what's your ethnicity? Uh, Italian and Irish. I knew you were Italian. A little and, bit English. Okay, and you you got Irish like me, right? So, um, can't you tell? Yeah, yeah, the Macquarie McNeils. <laughs> uh, that's why I colored my hair red. But uh, you know, I think though, I haven't done that that little DNA test. I yeah. might be Spanish for all I know. You don't know, right? Yeah. Well. The thing is, a lot of white Americans can, like, date back at least something. Yeah. Like, to know what they are. Where I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm Dominican. I don't know if I'm Haitian. I don't know if I'm Egyptian. I don't know if I'm from Libya. I don't know anything. 
because it, the way they cut off everything is we were labeled as property. Right. And then some of the black people who were actually like actual aboriginals, like actual natives, they were dark. And because mm-hmm. they were dark, they were labeled as Negro or they would snatch these Native Americans up and make them slaves. Right. Or, you know, the Cherokee owns. There's so much stuff. So a lot of times black people actually have to look at property wow. in certain regions to find out where they at least come from like uh, if they can get any inkling okay. like you have to look at like you were the property of davy jones mm-hmm. not you were a human being yeah. you were property yeah extremely so, insulting yeah I, so i can assume it's an extremely assaulting. it can be i mean you know i'm i'm the thing with slavery when it comes to slavery i take it as i learned so much from what my ancestors and these different people had to go through but i i go beyond it and I try to use my abilities now to do what they would have wanted me to do. Got it. And, Got it. you know, but black Americans are still resources. The person that spends the most money in the world on beauty products are black women mm-hmm. because black women are told, okay, your hair ain't good enough. So you got to buy this hair from India and China and this Brazilian wavy. But who's telling them that? And I'm going to get to that. And here's here's where it goes. The way that black media is, is black media is not owned by black people, which we know. Right. And it is force feeding us and it's owned by a specific group of people, which I ain't going. I understand. Too deep for me to. I understand. But. It goes down and what happens is it goes down and it trickles down, right? Like these same people that own the record label also own Viacom and also own Vanguard. And I have stock in Vanguard. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, and so these people are the ones telling, okay, if we put a rapper out who is iced out, he's talking about drip this, drip that, drip that. And we're talking about all this jewelry and all these chains and all these diamonds, then this is going to make other black people spend that money so that they can be just as cool. Even if they're broke, they're going to continue to spend money so that they can so they can live device. up. It is a marketing device. That's all the music is. So if you listen to it, that's why they put like the alcohol in there and then they put this in there and then it's about money and it's about this and it's about the, the women being over-sexualized and it's all these different things. And the people that are making money off of it is barely black people. And, you know, as a black man, one of the biggest issues that I've always dealt with is they try to box us in to be a specific thing that's marketable. Mm-hmm. And if and in entertainment, it frustrates the hell out of me. Donald Glover recently talked about Chevy Chase and they, they talked about the whole situation when he got fired. And I remember him explaining why Chevy got fired and he was making racist jokes and saying racist stuff to Donald Glover. And everyone was like, Donald. no. Okay. What he told Donald Glover is the only reason people think you're funny is because you're black. They're scared of you. Do you know what people used to tell me when I first started comedy? All the older white comedians used to tell me, Terry, the only reason they laugh at you is because they're scared of you. You're big, you're black, and they're scared, so they laugh. They said that to you. Straight up. Multiple. That was a thing. That was a thing because a lot of the black comedians came up in like black rooms. Mm-hmm. They only I remember did, we talked about the yeah, last time they, you, you told me about that. Yeah, yeah. they only did yeah. black shows. Yeah. I, I, did, I did black shows, but... 
my intellect is so high that I couldn't dumb it down to the type of humor in those specific venues. And that's not saying like, I'm not saying like our people are dumb. No, no, I understand what you're saying. You know saying. what I'm saying? Um, it's a for anyone venue. watching. It's a, it's a venue. Yeah, it's just like there's specific styles of comedy of ignorance that is like taught. My intellect is so damn high. I can't, I couldn't dumb it down to that. I can still be funny to y'all, but it's not going to be to the level of maybe yeah. what you're looking for. So I would do these rooms where they accepted my humor and my intelligence. And it happened to be a lot of the rooms that were like run by like white comedians and all the old school white comedians that came before us and stuff like that. And they would always be like, oh, well, you know, stick to the political humor. And I remember making this one dude, Ty Barnett is his name. I'm glad I remembered it. Tab Barnett was on Last Comic Standing. And I remember doing a set, doing like one of the contests or something, semifinals. Okay. And I was like 19. And he takes me in the back and he goes, yo, I just want you to know you're going somewhere one day. Like, you're going to be funny. Keep doing the political humor because they don't think that we're smart enough. Like, keep being smart. Like, don't ever be afraid of that. And, um, Vin, you know... It, it's the same. I can't see you for being afraid of that, though. No, I, mean, I can't see you trying to change your. No, not now. I mean, you got to think when you're 19, when you're 18, okay, so you're 19, form- you're formulating 20, your style. 21, you're trying to figure out who you are. Okay. You know, I mean, okay. it's there are motherfuckers that are like 40 still trying to figure out yeah, who they are. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it and again that goes down from being too connected to something that's trying to tell you what to be and you trying right. to keep up with it. Right. And my dad always told me, he said, "You a Jones, you ain't got to keep up with nobody." So I've always held that to my heart, and you know I stuck with it. But they always keep black people in a box. So. What they want you to do is, yo, don't do this. You ain't black enough. I've had people like I color my hair. I wear my hair like this. Yeah. You know. Oh, so uh, he he's gay. He must be gay. He must be gay. He must be gay. In so, year twenty twenty, the people are saying that shit, bruh. People all the time. That oh, he must be gay. He got his hair. Oh, oh, man, you like a dude like that? You like a dude that look like that? Yeah, yo. I first of all. My wang is big, so <laughs> that don't change nothing, color it or not. There you go. I, and I, yeah, I, and anyone watching that has experienced it will give the thumbs up. And that that is legit. And I'm good in bed, whatever. So there, I'm not into men. I'm into women. But I like to look a certain way. If right. yeah, I like to take care of my skin, I don't want to go out crusty and looking a certain way. I use charcoal soap and black soap and all that stuff. But again, black people are told by people who are not black how to be black they're taught that through but media why would black people fucking listen anymore because, in 2020 because they don't because the thing is black people don't understand like it's it's such a vicious cycle have you that, seen most of the white people running around yeah. I mean, have you seen most yeah. of the white people Bruh, I mean, and i mean you come I mean, from the music industry so you know like you know how these execs be thinking. Oh no, like, I get it. And oh no, no, I understand. You, you I know, understand. I, mean, I get it. I know you get I it. Get so it. it's I get it. So the thing, it's like it. any marketing. Like, why do we keep drinking soda? We know, goddamn, this soda is killing us and giving us the beatus. But we keep, <laughs> we keep, <laughs> we keep I drinking this so shit. much. You have no the, idea. Oh, the beatus uh. is the shit. <laughs> Look, like it's like, yo, how many people are getting the the, the sugars and the beatus? And we know that the, this fast 
fast food ain't yeah. good for us. Yeah. And we keep putting this shit in our body. We keep destroying our bodies. Why? Because the marketing is so it's damn just good. Black folks, it's white folks doing well, it. Well, that's you what I'm going to Chick Fil A. Well, yeah, I'm not. I'm not talking about black people in this part. I'm talking okay. about in general. Even though like black people are more affected by these things. Okay. What I'm saying is, in general, it's the marketing. So they do the same thing with black people. Yeah, okay, we want black people to keep clicking CNN. So hurry up and find a story of a black man being killed by white people. Yeah. And then we're going to we're going to run the shit yeah, out of this absolutely. into the ground. Absolutely. You know, I I had when that situation happened with Wendy Bell. I mm. had a friend that I went to school with, someone we you know, grew up knowing. She was killed in the Wilkinsburg mass shooting. Mhm. They treated that like all oh, typical negroes killing negroes black on black mm-hmm. crime. It was retaliation for someone else. Those other people weren't yeah. living bad. Yeah. They were at a cookout. Yeah. And they came for one person and they took yeah. everyone out. It yep. was like a like how the mob would do. Right. But we glorify the mob. How there shit, the Irishmen, they had new movies on this shit. They continue to make these movies on the mob being so gangster and so cool. And then like the way the gangster movies were black gangster movies weren't made boys in the hood wasn't made to make it look cool no. it was made to inform people that this shit is fucked up uh, absolutely and you know absolutely. so being a black man like being boxed in i don't like being boxed in i i, I don't do it i don't let it happen mm-hmm. i don't care about all the ego shit that a lot of people do you know i had people say well you don't wear fendi and prada i'm like yo but i wear you know stuff that's uh pricey still like addiction affliction and you know, I like raw blue. These are still expensive. You wear what you like. Exactly. But they're still expensive things. Yeah. But it's that if it's, it's not, not, not but, that narrative. But if it's not what these rappers I told me to I wear, right, right, right. then it's a problem. And and then the same with like black women. These, like women are like killing themselves, literally going to get work done and, and their body done just so that they can look like these images that everyone wants. And it all comes from self-reflection because there's so well, much. Some that, are, are trying to look white. I think as a white guy, I mean, like I've yeah. seen stupid stuff, like you know, uh, changing f- facial features or changing like bleaching and, and all the crazy stuff. Yeah, I don't like, get it. Black China did some of that. I stuff. just don't know. That, I mean, but if that, you have the money, God love you, do what you want. But do you know where that comes from? That comes from self-hate. So mm. now I'm going to color my skin because. I was told, remember the Michael Jackson situation? Yeah. Everyone was like, his dad made fun of him yeah. so much that the dude turned himself to an old white wow. woman. Wow. And when we look at these things, this is the it's self-hate. There's so many situations where people are all these different things because they have no idea who they are. So they're hoping to find who they are through something else. Religion is not just religion. Religion is what you make it. If you want to worship uh, whoever the hottest rapper is at the time, that is your god. The Kanye's in there. That is <laughs> that is the idol. Yeah, you know, and and everyone's like Kanye's crazy, and and I'm like, yo, Kanye talked about we shouldn't be on the culture. The culture is a bad thing. He's right because there's so much that is harming us yeah. than helping. Yeah. And there's just so much, man. I I've, I've been through so much shit in my life. Like, for example, I mentioned the domestic situations that I end up in, or I get these domestic situations and relationships. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I was harmed by a specific black woman that that caused so much harm in my life as a kid that as an adult, I can't I have PTSD. Mm-hmm. 
So all these things that stem from these relationships and the type of situations I get into all date back to that PTSD. And these people, I tell people, I give them a heads up. Yo, please don't do this to me because this is what I went through as a kid. Like the bullying part as a kid was rough, but that specific thing has given me trauma to this day. One of my neighbors came out not too long ago because cabin fever and there was like something happened with her mom and my neighbor one of my homeboys um it's my neighbor you know we're real tight um he lives next door to them and i guess there was an issue with like the handicap sign that her mom needed and they all live in the same townhouse so like my townhouse is like right here so i'm outside talking and we're just it you know chatting it up because it's a nice day out and right we like to you know get together and talk some of the neighbors and um so and we walk our dogs and stuff she comes out spazzing i mean like cursing yelling freaking out my mom is sick and i i don't know how y'all feel about this shit but you you know it, this is happened and this happened and 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 his wife followed me and i'm tired of this shit going on and you know what happened to me because of what happened to me from when I was a kid and that specific black woman hurting me, when this girl came out, I froze and went reverted back to the PTSD of when I was a child. I bet. So when these things happen to me, I freeze. I used to think it was anxiety, which is why like, I would have issues with, like if I got in an argument with a, a partner or someone I'm dating, I used to think, yo, maybe this is because of anxiety. Maybe I'm scared to talk to them. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm scared to take up for myself. Mm-hmm. It's PTSD. I've had multiple breakdowns where like I, I one, I actually reverted back to a, a child and it was weird. Right. And it was scary. Right. And, um, you know, these these are the type of things that where we lack that empathy that we don't think like, yo, these people are going through something and this is why they're pieces of shit. Like you got to think every villain has a tragic story. No question. There's, there's not like, it's always a story. It's always a story. There's not really that many villains that are just like born evil. Like you get your born in evil carnate, like sometimes, Yeah. but there's always like That's a rare. tragic, yeah. Like Darth Vader, when you go through the story of Anakin, his mom died, giving birth to him and his right. sister. Right. Uh, same with Voldemort, like right. uh, Dr. Doom, they were all missing that love from mm-hmm. their mom mm-hmm. and stuff. So That's and a reflection of life. It is. So, you know, being boxed in and dealing with so much stuff like people in those types of situations, it's like, oh, you a black man. Why are you why are you letting women harm you? Why are you letting women do this to you? Why these women? Oh, you a punk. Oh, why don't you stand up for yourself? Why don't you get jealous? Why don't you yell at me? Why don't you do these different things? Because I am fucked up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And these situations did like did this to me. Yeah. And you know this. So don't sit here and call me a punk and don't say I'm less of a man because I had mm. domestic abusive situations happen to me, but it has nothing to do. It has something to do deeper. Mm. And I and I started realizing that, especially during this pandemic 2020, that's why I brought this up, that the self-reflection is so important for us to heal because if you don't know what the problem is, you can't fix it. So if you have a mm-hmm. leaky roof, if you don't know where the leak's coming from, how are you going to patch it up? Right on. If not, you're going to get mold, mildew. There's going to be all kinds of different things. Now right your on. health is going under. 
We are boiling frogs as human beings. Uh-huh. We are frogs being boiled each day and we don't take care of ourselves. And because we don't take care of ourselves, what happens? Now we're lashing out at people. Now no we're destroying people. It. Now we're no hurting question. ourselves. No so it, you know, being put in that box is such a dangerous thing, man. Like it's like, you know, it's the weirdest thing, you know, like even getting into music now. I've always wanted to. I love music. I That's why I did music parodies, because right. when I was coming up, you had to be one of two types of rappers. OK, you had to be the most gangster drug dealing, gun busting rapper. And there was dudes <laughs> lying on their mom's name that were not even thugs. And they were rapping like that. Like, yo, I'm going to pull the Glock out on you when I see you on the block. <laughs> Streets got me on the lock. Like, you know, and they was lying like hell. I'm like, yo, I was just at your house. Both your parents live there, bro. <laughs> you got mom and dad. Shut up. You know, and then, you know, or you had to be the dude who was such a wordsmith that. Like an Eminem they, or something. Like they, they said you were so good, but it was, all you was using was big words. Like they okay. were like, like my philosophical come with rockical and then the knockable. And then they be like, oh yeah, he he's positive vibes. Oh, uh, so, okay. You know, okay. you had to be one of those two. Now. Okay. And that older generation shits on a newer generation of music, and the younger generation is dope because they're blending so many different yeah, genres. Like, I love that. Like rock. The I only thing that. I don't like is the drug references because there's so many kids ODing, and I hate to see that these kids. That is a phenomenon. Yeah, like it used to be like gun violence. Now it's it's back to overdosing. Like I know. even like black kids are overdosing too. It's so it's just a phenomenon within, within the culture, the, and they're pushing it. They're pushing yeah. that agenda. I mean, there's no question about that. So it's like. Um, you know, I I never got into it because I knew no one would take me serious at the time, even though there was only like I think there's only like three people in the world that knew I could rap. And one of them is a friend I grew up with in Garfield. And when I lived in Alabama, when I would drive to school every morning, I would call him and freestyle. <laughs> and if I wasn't like even if it wasn't like to him or it was his voicemail, and he'd be like, yo, that's hard. You know, and I freestyle like for It'd be a minute, man. Okay. It'd be like 20, 30 minute freestyle. Okay. And um, so I started making parody music. And then like now that I, I'm like, yo, you know what? Life is so short, man. Like, you know, you self-reflect and you deal with things and you go like, let me take time and really, really like dig into of myself course. and find out like that PTSD situation. I've always known, like I knew about it over the last few years, probably mm-hmm. maybe like the last five years. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize how deep it was until the pandemic. Now I'm like, oh, this is why I'm. Now, do you go talk to someone about that or you do it on your own? No, I've talked to. The problem is I've talked to therapists about it, but there's never been a solution. Uh You can you can get I can tell you, Eric McKenna, working out will help you stay in shape if you don't do it absolutely then it don't make it don't matter so i think the hardest part is trying to figure out these different things in life how do we get enlightened how do we get in touch with god how do we Mm -hmm. you know like i have a very rare blood type and my very rare blood type is like a b Nah, it's it's another it's the second most rare okay and it's uh and amongst black people is very rare okay so like a b negative anything rh negative is rare because yeah. the whole conspiracy is yeah. that the rhesus ape and then rh negative people don't have the rhesus gene mm-hmm. so they they're like well some humans may have come from they're like close to apes but these other people are not they're yeah. like mutants and everyone with that specific 
type of blood right has like specific abilities and right. stuff so i've always had like these spiritual and different abilities but you you have to dig deep to get answers like i had to find the missing pieces of the bible mm -hmm. that nobody would share with me i had to find uh other pieces of religion then i had to connect them all together and then i had to go on this like journey mm -hmm. of piecing together the answers and then you find out the truth of god and how how much god is inside of us just as much as the devil is inside of mm -hmm. us but the unit like there's people in this world that exploit the bad part of us they want us to indulge in that they don't want us to get so connected to the part where we don't need these other things right and that's you know and for me as this as a black man it's like a lot of people aren't used to that they're not used to someone having this type of mentality or these ideas or this much intellect that i do they're kind of used to like a cookie cutter idea that well, was a stereotype for, yeah i mean even amongst us uh, my people it's like it, it the stereotype is it, because you're taught that black men have to stay in a box you're not allowed to color your hair you're not allowed to do this you're not allowed to do this you're not allowed to do this but but do white people view that much anymore because we're, no. we're more like you know anything, Bruh, anything goes I've, I've never had the, and that's the other thing that's upsetting i've never had white people judge me and go yo why you color your hair they go, yo, it looks nice. I like the way your hair looks. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. I like, I like how you dress. I like, I like you as a person. Like, I mean, outside of like the racist bullshit. Well, of and course, everything. there's always. But a yeah, but you know, like it's it's more so like I'm not judged on me being being what I want to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And it's but like, but your own people will though. Yeah, it's a disease, man. It's like it's something that we need to stop. Okay. Because. And I think the the pandemic kind of was helping with a lot of that because a lot of the entertainment that is so distracting and so devastating to us, we had to come together as a people. Mm -hmm. And when we were marching the streets together and we were fighting together and we were mm -hmm. understanding how important we are to each other. Yeah. And that has been such a disconnect. And we were able to have better empathy with each other mm -hmm. and better love because there, there's just so much stuff that goes on. Like, the we're so toxic out here mm -hmm. like even when you think of yeah, you're right you're double right. standards you're right double standards are the most dangerous thing on the planet mm -hmm. and i'll tell you right now as a, a black man if i were to hit as any man but as a black man in specific because the history and what goes with the stereotypes and right. law enforcement right if i punch a woman my career is over my life's mm -hmm. over. I mean, I, I'm going to get my, they're going to point at me. They're going to judge me. People are going to say I'm trash. They're going to say all kind of bad things about me. And it doesn't matter the situation or the reason for me punching right. a woman. Right. I punched her. I'm a man. I'm stronger. I shouldn't have hit her. Right. Right. Domestic situations. There are so many men who are abused. And. Do you know the statistics, Eric? Mm. You know why you don't know the statistics? Because there's so no, many that don't say shit. That's exactly right. We well, know well, statistics. That goes to masculinity. And that does and go to the... And the masculinity, especially like um, in the black community, it's like you got you to gotta be so damn tough all the time. Because I you, would say more so in the black community. Oh, the yeah. image of like the male is is, is really is yeah. masculine. Oh, yeah. It has to be. Like, um, 
that's why I like the colored hair and all that shit. People's talk shit. And, you know, I'm like, dude, I got just as many guns as you do. That's, that's kind of changing like, there, right? I can just see it yeah. out in society. Athletes, musicians, right? But they even they get judged. Like, I remember really? people. Oh, people were calling. I'm so, I'm really they were calling Odell Beckham gay and, you know, all so kinds of stuff. I'm surprised by that. I am surprised by yeah, that. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a younger generation that kind of accepts it a lot more. Gay, well, what are we, are doesn't we past matter? that yet? Yeah. Well, here's here's another thing. Okay. The double standard and the the boxing in a black man. There's so many bad things that happen. Like you'll hear like these stories where these black men are on the DL, right? And this, that means the down yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're secretly gay, and they'll have like whole relationships. They're like the thuggest ass dude, but they're having sex with There's like shows men. on there was uh there was like uh law and order episodes of stuff like that I, yeah I, that i saw years ago which would freak me out because yeah. th- that was didn't expect that top deck topic to come out and yeah. i said is that really a thing yeah in the black community it it's it's big okay so um there's like a lo- there's a lot of like trans women i think i said it right there's a lot of trans women who you know they transition into mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. and um there's like some of them were doing like prostitution almost or they were like letting these dl these dl guys whatever and they would sleep with them and then they would put them on blast because maybe they did something wrong or they did something so these guys are being put on blast on the internet and then they're being destroyed their lives are being destroyed and they're going through this whirlwind of pain yeah and it's like our community doesn't allow black men to even explore that part of their sexuality if they are like they're so terrified to come out and say i'm gay why is that because it's it's dangerous it's it's like threatening you know what i mean like if they come out and say that they're afraid of being judged they're afraid of being harmed like the lbgtq community i think i named all the letters i don't want (laughs) to offend anyone i'm so serious i think you nailed it but um that community is even split within race the black so LBGTQ community is completely different than the regular LBGTQ community. And I know this because I have so many friends um, on the black side, like lesbians and even gay friends who are uh, gay males who have experienced so much different okay. than what the the white yeah. LBGTQ community yeah. has yeah. experienced. And, uh, you know, I've worked with so many um, white gays and white lesbians and I see the difference mm-hmm. and it's split. You know, there's so much stuff going on within the black community that it's like the, the black men are being boxed in and you have to be shut down. Okay. And then, like, there's just so much that's just dangerous. Like, I, it, like going into double standards and race, like when you blend them. Like, I talked about the situation with like abuse. A black man ain't going to tell you he's being that. And yeah. I've talked to so many yeah. black men and they're like, yeah, man, I, I used to. Man, I had a chick that used to beat my ass all the time and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, what? Yeah. But the the media, again, you have somebody who, like Andy Cohen, yeah, who produces the Real Housewives yeah. of all these bullshit counties. And then you have the Atlanta one. And then you have these shows like Basketball Wives and stuff. And it's showing black women an image that they need to look like, an image they need to be. They have to get their body done so they can be beautiful like these women. They have to have men take care of them like these women. And then they're also on this set of you can't you're allowed to disrespect men. They're showing clips of these women fighting men on love and hip hop. Like, okay, it's okay for her to put her her hands on him. That's assault. Yeah. It's 
it's assault. But we don't look at it as assault. We look at it as he deserved it, or he should have got his ass whooped, or nope. he should have okay, got that. Okay, so let's, yeah. let's unpack this a bit. So I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Is you're saying within the black community, yeah, the judgments are being made because I don't think, like I, I, I don't, I don't know as a white person and not watching a lot of those shows, but I would imagine that us viewing any kind of like fisticuffs, male or female back, we don't. That's just wrong, period. I don't know. I, I will say this. I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. I will say this. From my experience, mm-hmm. I have not... There, it exists, of course. I mean, this is the world. Everything exists. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's just not in our face to put numbers to everything. We, yeah, try, course, we try to put numbers to everything. Yeah. But it's... Um, there are... I've never seen abusive... Like, like a, a couple that like where like a white couple where they were like abusive towards like each other yeah, like you don't, you don't I, see I, you that don't, on tv shows you, and shit no you don't. you don't that's why like we barely had any tv shows with like two-parent households you did and see sitcoms. fatal attraction didn't you yeah <laughs> yeah so what well, i was a whole other crazy white people yeah, on that that was show. A whole <laughs> but like when you look at those types of shows yeah they're glorifying the fact that women are killing men yeah like th- yeah. there's that double yeah. standard. So now all these women who are watching that think it's okay to oh okay well if he wanna he wanna do this or he wanna play me I'm gonna go cut him I'm gonna go do this I'm yeah. gonna go hurt him yeah, yeah. he hurt my feelings or he pissed me off so I'm gonna throw something at him I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that and it's not okay and you know think about how many people may be in those situations like myself who have yeah. PTSD now yeah. what if that dude has that like and now I'm at an age where I have to think of these things different. I have to think of a lot of things different because I have children. Two little ones, yeah. So it's like absolutely right. One, I can't let my children see this because I don't want them to think that they can go do it. Right. Two, what if you, because me as the man I am, I'm not going to put my hands on you. So what if me pushing you away, trying to restrain you and do all this? I slip down the steps, I break my neck. You've taken me away from my children. Right. You right. put me at risk and taken me away right. from my children. Right. But nobody thinks about that. Right. And and that double standard is so dangerous. We see this all the time. It's like when people, I see people putting up Black Lives Matter and talking about Black Lives Matter. And this this ain't talking about like black on black crime because mm-hmm. that's different. Mm-hmm. Black on black crime is crime. Mm-hmm. That is driven by poverty. Mm-hmm. That's driven by uh, not having any opportunity. And that's driven by um crime no black man has ever killed a black man because he was black right <laughs> like we don't look at him and be like oh there's that right. jigaboo right there boom <laughs> you know <laughs> we don't do that right but you know the, it's not the motive it's not the motive crime is the motive money is the motive yeah but you know you have these situations where like i see people putting like black lives matter and they'll put it up and i'm like yo you put you you harm black men how do, how does how are you marching for George Floyd when you harm black men? Yeah. Whether it's through court manipulation, uh, mental, yeah. verbal abuse, physical abuse. Mm-hmm. I see the same thing with these black men posting Black Lives Matter. Yo, you're harming our women. Yeah. How how is that yeah. how is that okay, bro? Yeah. You know you don't take care of your kids. You're harming mm-hmm. these women. You're doing this. And I'm not talking. And I'm talking about specific sure. people, you know, because, uh, sure. you know, someone's going to watch this and say some dumb shit. But um, um, specific. They have their own issues. That yeah. They do. Yeah. Oh, self-reflection. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> you know, if, if we look at that, 
that's what like I'm looking at that situation like that like mm-hmm. yo that's dangerous mm-hmm. we shouldn't think like that mm-hmm. we shouldn't like you, if you if you're gonna say our lives matter like make sure it matters like work on yourself there's so many people that are hurt that come from broken homes that grew up seeing abuse they grew up seeing no their dad no their dad beat their mom or his girlfriends mm-hmm. or they grew up seeing mom uh talk down and put her hands on dad or her boyfriends yeah and then they think it's okay they didn't come from like two parent households of love and i always look at like different friends that i have especially like you know a lot of my white friends who have these parents who have been together for like all these years and then um you know they come from like they saw love and then they got in a relationship and you know usually it's like a because like that's the other thing too like it, it'll be like they they then they marry someone who had two parents and saw love or maybe a different way or even if they didn't see love they kind of like work on it differently sure, sure where black people we we didn't have like that image you know like there was so many like sitcoms with like white parents and white couples and yeah. everyone's sitting down oh, with yeah. with jimmy and they're telling them yeah. oh well this is the ropes jimmy this is why it hurts yeah. and you know uncle phil got a got a hug will because will's dad don't even want him and we got to watch an episode where this dude told him he yeah. didn't want him and it triggered his ptsd because it took him back to his real dad right and that's why he had that great right. of a performance right. right right and it's like you know there's so many of these broken situations where you know for me like chase i think one of the things with self-reflection is we chase love a lot right mm-hmm. we chase because we're so empty we're so hurt and we think that maybe this will make us feel better feel it yeah maybe this will make us feel good for a little bit right that's why people are upset with these vices like i can't go drink i can't go party i can't do this i can't do that and they had to self-reflect with themselves they couldn't handle who they are they can't handle what they become Mm -hmm. they can't they don't like facing the fact that they're racist that they're alcoholics that they're drug addicts that they have these addictions that they have problems they can't face the fact that they're broken they don't they feel like they won't find anything. They feel lost. They feel like they have no opportunity. They couldn't face these things because they've been running so long that eventually it always catches up to you, right? Absolutely and some, right. And, and then while that's chasing us, you got to think of it like this. A owner is chasing his dog who's chasing a car. Mm-hmm. That is self-reflection. Mm-hmm. That is facing yourself. You are the, your owner is the the thoughts and all the subconscious and all the things that you know are wrong with you chasing after you and you are the car chasing after, or you're the dog Dog chasing after the car. And then like Heath Ledger said as the Joker, I wouldn't know what to do with it, (laughs) you know? And they don't, they, they have no clue at all. I get it. What they would do with this, right? I get it. And I even caught myself doing that. I'm the type of person who I have two parents. They, they stayed together. They've been together. And regardless of what I know of they what they went through, you know, as as you get older, you found out your parents went through shit. Isn't that amazing how that works? Yes. It is. Mm-hmm. And then you go, man, I thought mom and dad was perfect, right? And then you, you start mm-hmm. because you don't know your parents. You just know them as your parents. Right. It's it's like business almost. And then you learn like, them as human beings. Yeah, and then you then you then you have to empathize. Then you have to find out. Then you start. If you're finding, smart, you learn to empathize. Yeah, and then you find pieces of yourself within them, and then you go, "Well, this is why I act this way. This is why." 
Yeah, it's, oh my, it's so relevant for me, man. I, I lost my—I don't know if you know this, but I lost, lost my father during since I, I last seen you for in the middle of COVID, right? Oh, I'm sorry to hear he that, was, brother. He, he had—he uh, had suffered from dementia for a lot, for four years. He, you know, so it was, yeah, mercifully it was the time. Yeah, uh, but it's funny. I, I wasn't really as close to him as I wanted to be, but through learning more about his life and mm. looking at photos and all, now I I see myself in and him. How? I see things and. It's uh, it, it's really been Terry. It's been just recently too, like a uh, a lot of peace I didn't have before. Yeah, I'm finding it now. Learning that he wasn't the perfect person I expected him to be as a young person growing up. He was yeah. a human being. Yeah, he was frail, made mistakes. Yeah, repented for those mistakes for all of our benefit. But mm-hmm. you got to come to that realization. You, you do, and I think I, I think that's hard because. Um, First of all, your dad is uh, always going to be with you. Yeah. The the amazing thing with your dad is that you are a... Um, there's... When certain people pass away, they go on uh, a special plane, right? They, mm-hmm. they call... We... Uh, black people, we call them the ancestors. Okay. And uh, if you watch Black Panther, that mm-hmm. ancestral plane he went to yeah. when he would be meditating is mm-hmm. the ancestors looking out. So the way that like I feel like that's where he's at now. Yeah. You oh, know? for sure he is. And um, what happens is like for example, your dad is now your ancestral guardian, and then on top of that, you have like guardian angels, right. etc. Right. right. Some of us are blessed with more than others, and you know that peace did you feel is that peace of that's spiritual that's no that's outer body that's outside no question. and then you know a lot of times we become what we hate or what we what we have anger towards mm-hmm. right so it owns us yeah so when someone yells black lives matter and someone decides to yell all lives matter and they want to argue this point for no reason that it really doesn't even matter the fact that somebody said their life matters when they yell this it makes them self-reflect on things that they feel guilty about. And then now it's like, well, don't make me feel guilty for something I didn't do. And it's like, okay, but at this, now you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Now you're doing what you said you wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And as Nietzsche said, the one thing is if you stare long enough in the abyss, the abyss stares back. And if you go out to fight monsters, be careful that you don't become one too. And if that, you know, you raised the. And I, ha, I cannot let this go because this is um, something I just, I just, just do not get. You know, um, there, there's Black Lives Matter. There's a movement. There's a political movement. From what I've dived into, that some of the political movement I don't go for. Some of it I get. Mm-hmm. But the concept of Black Lives Matter is the easiest way I had it explained to me was that it's not a combative thing. You, as a white person, you know. You can't offend me. I'm an unoffendable person, but I just I just feel that I am because yeah. I don't have I don't have a real right to be offended. That I don't one, have your history, yeah, ethnicity well, history. So there's, I don't have my my relatives were not treated incredibly bad. I don't have a lot to be offended about. My point to you is, if somebody says Black Lives Matter and it means and it means something of value to them, yeah, I can recognize that. I don't need to combat it by trying to create a philosophical bent that, well, well, all lives matter. You know what? All lives can't matter until black lives matter is the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. That's how it makes logically sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to argue all lives matter, 
okay, but they really can't until black lives really matter yeah. to everybody. Yeah, it's uh, then all lives will matter by default, right? Yeah. That's the logic and the way my brain can assimilate this. Where I don't sit there and like get mentally into consternation, like what the fuck are you arguing about? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just how I. No, see no, it. no, no. That's that's a legitimate thing that a I don't lot know if I'm right or wrong. I'm no, just saying it's how I, I look no, at that, it. No, that makes sense because it, I don't get it. It's um, again, people don't like to know that they're a monster. Nobody wants to be the villain in their own story, right? Okay. Nobody does. Right. Everybody Naturally. wants to be. Even with like protagonists and antagonists, you can have a villain be a protagonist. Certainly. Because people aren't, maybe not many people know the literary terms, but mm. protagonist means like the main Absolutely. character and the antagonist is whatever or whoever is blocking that person Correct. from their goal. So if we make Joker the protagonist, his antagonist is Batman. Right. Or, right. um, so, you know, I think that's the thing that <clears throat> there's so many villains people are actually villains that they're afraid to actually realize that they're pieces of shit uh -huh. to change in uh -huh. all walks of life all well, race it takes creed, a level of humility to start with it's you have to hard start with humility. you but it, and again people are scared to go down that rabbit hole because you don't know what's going to happen to you it's dangerous for people so they can be a character of themselves like we talked about we meet certain celebrities where they're nice on yeah. camera and stuff yeah. and you meet them and you're like oh shit his ego is crazy. Yeah. And it, it, it all comes down to a lot of different things. You know, I am somebody who I really did a lot of digging in the, and God gave me a lot of information and guidance and, right, 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 and right. you know, so I was directed towards all these answers and all these different things, but not everyone has that. Not everyone has these answers. Not everyone's blessed with something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, I think that's the biggest issue and why you get these people that want to yell all lives matter because it makes them feel shitty about themselves and then they want to combat it. Well, I have a, a black friend or I I have black this and and it's like we don't care about that. It, what we're telling you is have some empathy mm -hmm. because people, the sympathy and empathy are two different things. Sympath no question. Pe and, and people don't actually Average know. Average people on the street have no idea. They're, no, they're interchangeable. They yeah, they don't know yeah. the definition of empathy. They're interchangeable. They yeah. they think yep. that it's sympathy. Yep. So they go, uh, you know, I can empathize with somebody that's a piece of shit and be like, yo, I can understand why you feel that way, but mm -hmm. let me tell you why you feel that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And absolutely. then you explain it to them, and they go, wow, well, I never thought that, or I never saw it like that. There's so many people that self reflect. We're we're just given so much in America. But is it honest self reflection? Because no, if you're not honest yeah. with yourself. It's a it's a worthless exercise, right? Absolutely, and that's the problem. Um, people are too tied down. They're too knocked up on all these different shows and social media. And um, I'm gonna tell you, did you need to wear this? And you have to be this way. And I'm gonna tell. And this is everywhere. Like you know, with black people, it's a little more because our entertainment is just driven off of material things. Because they black people spend the most money out of black Americans spend the most money like Africans don't even like us they don't really they don't really like black people they look down on us and I had this black dude in Canada he, or African dude he came to my show and he had this we had this real deep conversation okay. after the show and he was just trying to tell me to like why Africans don't like me and it, it, explaining to me it, how powerful I am no it's it's that they look at us as the fake version of them 
They look at us as no good. They look at us as whatever the media portrays us as, right? But we make so much money. We like, the way he explained it is that we are we we are able to walk in Babylon a different way than they can. Understood. So they, That's they deep. yeah, so they look down on us for being able and he said, "No, you need to not just walk through Babylon, but you need to like really get in Babylon." Mm-hmm. Like he was just explaining to me like you have so much opportunity that you probably don't even realize it. And he said, "I wish more black Americans knew it." how much power how powerful they are because when you think about it when the nba decided to stop playing some games it it really caused some issues Mm -hmm. but there's not enough unity and there was there's something called the willie lynch papers okay the willie lynch papers were papers that were created by a slave owner and i don't believe he existed but his name was willie lynch okay the term lynching supposedly comes from all right Um, which is the hanging of black people. Mm-hmm. Um, so Willie Lynch made these papers and he told people how to control slaves. This is how you're going to control your black people. Make the old hate the young, make the men hate the women, make the dark hate the light. Broke it down into different ways on how to manipulate them okay. into hating each other. Okay. And that is so prevalent even to this day. It's light-skinned people versus brown-skinned. And there's light-skinned complexes. And, oh, well, this girl's prettier because she's light. And now the brown-skinned and the dark-skinned girls are hating the light-skinned girl. Or they're hating each other. And this is where I want to end the show. I I kept you so long. I apologize. No, no, you're good. This is... um, Okay, I mean, finish that because I want to go... I have a question for you. Yeah, so the the Willie Lynch papers are, are just that. Like, they go into that level of stuff. And it causes so much conflict. And it, it stuck with us and the media used it and they continue to use it. So it's like there there's just back then during like the 60s, black people, we had Black Wall Street, which was in Oakland, uh, yeah. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, right. And uh, Black right. Wall Street, which the Gap Band is named after the three main streets from Black Wall Street. Uh-huh. They're from Oklahoma. Uh-huh. And uh, that's what the GAP stands band. for. It stands for the name, like the street start with a G, one start with A, start with P. And um, what happens is when you look at that, that was a striving black community that was minding their business and they learned how to like strive without Mm -hmm. needing anyone. And then they were attacked, bombed, killed, dragged. Everything bad happened in that time. And um, my uncle's like in-laws lived in Oklahoma and they were from there and they had like all this farmland and stuff. And you look at that and then you look at like all these situations where black people had to come together. Like Muhammad Ali was the, the greatest boxer. And, and we say it and we're legit serious. He was the greatest boxer. Anyone will tell you that. Mm-hmm. And he told you it. And he made you believe it. And he bragging if you can and, back it up. <laughs> and he did. And I mean, this dude, even as he got older, became champion and was still able yeah. to find ways to do what his body couldn't do as an athlete. Yeah. He had to learn how to yeah. box. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, when you look at guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali, all these star black athletes that dominated these predominantly white sports dealt with so much racism, but they knew they needed each other. Black people, we knew we needed each other because we knew how much of a threat was out here. And we never had that threat. And, I mean, we always had that threat, but we knew. 
then once you started having segregation and and were able to segregate with each other you have like people still dealing with racism for years and years even to this day but it's it's still new like segregation was only in the, the 60 yeah. 64 63 64 so or 65 like when you think of that that's not that long ago mm-hmm. so people are still trying to figure out how to even fucking mingle with each other it's even growing, after that long. growing pains yeah it so still growing pains it's um it's it's different so those those situations and media and manipulating and uh, that Willie Lynch idea of putting it in the communities where okay you guys are unsegregated now now we're going to find ways to divide manipulate you. and and the government had a lot to do with that i mean you're finding out papers of CIA FBI yeah. and all the shit that they had involved with this stuff and you know the drugs in the neighborhoods and stuff so we get you drugged up we get you to alcohol we make this cool we get billy d on colt 45 we're gonna do all this stuff to get y'all to do these different things and it's still that now instead of billy d we have rappers doing it go drink vodka go drink this henny go drink that yeah they have their own brand yeah go get fucked up in the club to my music while drinking my liquor and they're the they're part of the one percent they're making tons of money Yeah. Because they don't care about your black yeah. ass. They just yeah. making money off you. Yeah. So it's like we that Willie Lynchism has caused such a disarray. And that's huh. why it's so wow. hard for okay. So now when you have NFL players like saying, Yo, we need to stand up to this. Colin Kaepernick was by himself because yeah. they were scared that they was gonna get their paychecks cut. And they was like, Oh no, no, we don't wanna hurt Massa because now we we're making you like rely on this for your lifestyle mm-hmm. these dudes are making millions of dollars and yet they're getting ripped off for their bodies and everything like even with the record deals these 360 deals right. and these oh, shitty yeah. deals that yeah. their shit like these black kids are making yeah they might have a net worth of 10 million dollars but they but they made the record label 40 50 million, 60 yeah. 100 million dollars right. just right. by themselves and there's like 30 of you so it's like when you break these things down, everything is to try and keep us disconnected. So let's keep black people disconnected. Let's keep white people even more disconnected from them. Let's yeah, keep that's, that's Asians disconnected well. from that's, them. That's working real well. Yeah. And it's it's a constant thing. And with the pandemic, you kind of saw some beauty where uh, some people were coming together a little better. I'll give you an example. I like to think some of that's still the truth. I mean, well, I'm, it is. I mean, it, it's it's even if it's a small percentage. It's a, a small victory. percentage is a victory. It's a victory. When you look at, um, I'll give you an example. When uh, George Floyd died, you saw the world come up. Why mm-hmm. did they do that? Because they had no choice but to see it. They were at home. Mm-hmm. They were at home at the peak of the pandemic when they couldn't even work. Right. So no matter where you looked, whether it was Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, right, the news, right, he his face was there. Right. Breonna Taylor's face was there. Mm-hmm. These faces were there to remind you of how corrupt this world really is and how evil people can be mm-hmm. and how dangerous things are. When you take somebody who dies and and you get like that many people, right? Now let's take the guy from the airline, the Chinese guy who got attacked by the the uh airport police a few years ago, right? Mm-hmm. He got beat up really bad. He was bleeding out. And I and I remember posting something about it. And I was like, oh, man, he's going to get paid. And then, you know, some white people was like, no, he ain't going to get paid. Uh, they, you know, telling me 
What the, he ain't gonna get paid. So I said, no, watch. The difference is with the George Floyd thing, a lot of us came together because not only are we sick of the, the shit, but we're sick of seeing it. We're sick of it being, and I honestly think we should also attack these media outlets too because they are forcing it. They're not just giving us news on it. They are forcing it down our throats to keep an agenda going for their own ratings. And guess who owns them? The people who are in charge of the record labels, mm -hmm. the people who are in charge, the people it's who the same class. it's the same class. It's the, it's the same no idea question. of we make money off of you as human resources. That's all you guys mm -hmm. are to us. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. this man in China, Chinese doctor gets beat up. They try to smear his name. You know how they always try to, mm -hmm. They try to smear their names, right? Of course. So if if something happens to me, like if a sex tape leaks out. <laughs> <laughs> Is there something we should know about? <laughs> yeah. If a sex tape leaks out, then... It, you know that they're trying to smear me or or if they say well this is a you would never do that yeah or this is a tweet <laughs> can't be true <laughs> or this is a tweet that he, you know he has or whatever right um they'll, they'll try and smear me okay and it may work it no it, it probably will work right because they did it with george floyd it just didn't work because we everyone was so fed up it was in everyone's faces and some people that tried to ignore it all these years right. really was like hit me up like yo i can't I'm sorry I've ignored it all these years. Like, this is real. Like, right. actually watching him die was crazy. Because mm -hmm. sometimes people can skip past it. It's not crazy. It was horrific. It was horrific. And, you know, when you look at that, they then they start saying, well, he was an actor. And then they started saying the $20 was fake. Then they started putting these fake oh, they stories shoot together. the narrative down. Oh, of course. Then they put out uh, the porn videos that he did, right? Mm -hmm. Because that, that, that makes... He's he's supposed to die because mm -hmm. he was smashed. Like that someone. somehow justified. The oh yeah, it's, it justifies the fact that he should die for having sex with women on camera for money. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, he deserves mm -hmm. to and be then killed. Bill Clinton's still walking around. Right? He's still walking <laughs> around, right? And and so this man in China gets his ass whooped. He gets hurt. They try to smear him, and they say he was a a doctor who was in in trouble for malpractice. But these racist fucks looked up the wrong dr yang or whatever his last name was i want to say it was it was uh, something like that yeah. there was like a yep. common name within the yep. chinese culture yep. and then they got called out on it then the whole country of china said we will no longer do business with us air because china air who makes like 70 60 percent of mm -hmm. up for the co company mm -hmm. they they partnered mm-hmm they said we'll cut this money and then yeah. their stock dropped uh, then the money they went acted in unison. and they were acting in unison and the country right the country came out and took up for its people right and said this is the problem this man deserves to be paid because he was harmed mm -hmm. because of what you did that's mm -hmm. what they did in unison mm -hmm. now with the black community they tell us, the black community, that we need to unify as the black community. Okay? So I think that's the problem. And and that's what I'm going to get at. The unity of the black community needs to unify. And then a couple white allies like yourself, a couple other people may come to rallies, mm -hmm. may speak on their outlets such as this, mm -hmm. may let a black man like myself come and speak on this outlet and say Anytime. whatever. Appreciate it. But there's a whole vast majority 
which we saw with this election, when I saw those voting numbers, it blew my fucking mind because mm-hmm. you realize how many people are really in this country because you don't realize how many people are in this country. Like if you get 10,000 streams on, on a project, you're excited, right? Mm-hmm. Then you're like, what? You mean to tell me that there was over like 500 million people went out and voted mm-hmm. or whatever? hundred. I think it was, let's see. It was like set. There was what 70, 70 75, 72 million. So it's 150 million people. Yeah, and we're only 350 total, including kids. Yeah, and we're not even adding up like certain numbers. So mm. when you think of that number, the country of China took up for a man who moved to America right. as a doctor right. who was mistreated by the United States of America. People are being harmed and mistreated in their own country of the United States of America. Mm -hmm. And they are being shitted on for wanting to think a certain way, for wanting to be a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. Our country is not fighting for those people the same way that China fought for him. The same way that other countries fight for their people because we don't consider the other side in this country an american we don't we dabble and we pick and choose what well, american uh, is one million percent and it's not it's not a fellow countryman it's not like how an englishman you know like idris elba is like i'm an englishman he looks at himself as an englishman he goes and fights for the right to be an englishman He's proud of being an Englishman. He's mm-hmm. done a lot for mm-hmm. England. And at, the, and, at the, and, and at this point right now in our history, we are more susceptible to foreign invasion. We're more susceptible. I, I, I don't even want to think about, hypothetically, <laughs> if we were invaded right now, yeah. I'm not actually convinced that we would come together as a people and get behind our military and raise our flags and do what's necessary and go to work in the industries to support the war effort, I'm not convinced there'd be enough unison in our hearts to accomplish that. You you would have to cut off Instagram and TikTok. I guess. If you don't cut off the social media, then you're not going to get unison. And uh, that's the thing, man. it's It's shameful. It is. I I think that what we need to do is we need to come together as people um, better. And we've said it a million times, but that starts with empathy and self-reflection with my new company, mm. Team Terry Productions. Um, Humility. The, yeah, the, the, the big things that I go by that I, I created is that anyone involved with it, it's we go with empathy. Mm-hmm. Compassion is another thing missing. Empathy, compassion, um, accountability, and growth. That's all I ask for out of people that work with me. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you can't do any of those things in in that order, then we then there's a problem. We yeah. can't work together. Yeah. You need to take that time and empathize, and you need to have compassion. You need to have accountability for your own actions. Okay. Because if you don't, then you lack empathy and compassion. No doubt. And you have no to have no doubt. that growth. If no you don't grow, you are stagnant. So, you know, that's a that's the motto of Team Terry Productions. And and that's, you know, I'm my goal is like for me, you know, when I went on that hiatus, it was a lot of self-reflection. I was dealing with like a lot of stuff personal life and then my uncle passed and stuff. Right, right, right. And um 
like I said, you know, where where the the dog chasing the car while the owner's chasing mm-hmm. us and the owner mm-hmm. caught me and was like that's a car what are you doing <laughs> and uh me and the owner uh we walked back to the house and i you know i got in trouble and then i got treats later <laughs> you know and and that's that's life I, I, my goal is like a lot of times we we're told what love is mm-hmm. So we run from the self-reflection we run from empathy yeah. we run from compassion we run yeah. from growth because Love has been told, we have been taught that love is this unconditional thing that comes from one other person, right? Mm-hmm. It comes from another person. You have to get that, that you know, you're not going to have that self-love. You need them to tell you you're beautiful. Yeah. You need them to tell you you're yeah. great. You need them to tell you you're beautiful. And in reality, you need to live in love for each other. The best couples are the couples that love each other and they live for each other. Not one relying on the other, not one doing mm-hmm. this. And then again, some people get the car before the owner gets them and they don't know what to do with it. They, they've never experienced love. So you, we empathize with them, but it doesn't mean that we have to put ourselves in bad situations. 100%. Like, okay, you were never taught love. So you don't even know what it is. You don't know how it yeah. exists. You don't even know how to handle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have it, but you don't even know how to handle this. Yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. It's scary to you. So you're like, what, what is this? You know, before I forget, before we close, I I don't I want to get this out and ask you this question before we split. Yeah. Um, Is it a stereotype and is it something that really is not true, a stereotype that's been proliferated that really is not valid or is there truth to it? And if so, why? And the question is, do African-American women either do not care for white women or do not approve of African-American men dating white women. Is that a thing in the community? Is that a thing in the community or is that more of a stereotype created by media and TV shows and so forth? I think, well, media pushes any agenda, right? Because it, it has the voice. Correct. So it pushes it. Um, I mean, it is a thing, but it's it's a weird thing, man. That goes back to the Willie Lynchism. Like okay. I know a lot of black what, women when who you brought that up. I thought yeah, I know did. a lot of black women who are okay with dating white men and and yeah, white boy this and they'll put uh like a, a lot of times even black men will do it. They'll put like white men on this pedestal because it's like we've been taught that white is right, like white is right, white is right. And even in 2020, even that in 2020, nonsense people still, still there. Some, but the man, thing, I don't get that. Man. But it's a lot. It's again, but to my accent. But people. So the thing is, like, you'll see like black women who are okay to date white men and yeah. do whatever the hell they want to do. Yeah. And they'll like bash black men, and then if a black man's dating a white woman, like he's getting bashed, and you know they're mad at that. So it does happen. Then. It does happen. It's legit. And then, um, then you know. It, then there's these black men who are insecure and they talk bad about black women because of whatever deep down hurt in their life. So then they feel like, so it's like a lot of times people aren't even doing things because they should be doing them as, as a person for themselves or okay. for love okay. or life. You know what I mean? A lot of people are doing these things because of their own insecurities and reasons. Like they'll say, I only date white women because black women do X, Y, and Z. Okay. I like white men more because white men do X, Y, and Z. And it's back to Willie Lynchism. It's all that. And, you know, that's the thing, man. I I have two little girls. And when I was talking about the love thing, love is important. And 
sometimes we we try and search for love mm-hmm. the wrong way. So like sometimes in those situations, I know interracial couples who are just happy to they've been happy for years. Yeah. And then I know some where it's like a game for them. It's just a thing. Like they're, they're tools to each other. And they're. I can it, probably see that. Yeah, it's like they're tools. It's like a way of saying, like, I got a black woman or It'll I got a white shallow, man. Huh? It, it's a shallow thing. But again, they're chasing after some some people. Image. Some people are chasing after image and love that they don't have within themselves. And like for me, like the most unconditional love that I can have on this planet, uh, you know, outside of like your parents, when you cut your parents out of the equation that um when you do have love from them it's my daughters mm-hmm. like my kids right. have always they, they're just the, i feel that man. yeah they're the love 100%. that like i've always needed to mm-hmm. help me find my own self-love and that's why now i'm at this place where like i do whatever i want how i want and who i am and i have to live by that and i have to show my kids that be yourself be great be be loved and my uncle who passed away rest in peace to him, my uncle Johnny he said um, always be yourself I love you for it and because I do the world will right on so I I stick with that and uh, you know that's the image I want to show not just my kids but I want to show these other people I want to show the world that we are that we can do more than just whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I plan on being a multimillionaire mm-hmm. and hopefully maybe you a millionaire. Will. Yeah. I appreciate you it. Uh, you know, my, my, I plan on doing that. I plan on being the, the black Jeff Bezos and all that fun stuff. You know, I plan on having these big business ideas and, and but taking I can also see you doing amazing philanthropic, philanthropic things. Cause the way you're just wired. No, oh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. I, you know, that's my goal, man. I just, I I was put on this planet for a mission mm-hmm. and I my number one mission is to take care of my kids that's mm-hmm. I know that's what God put me here for he he that was my mission was to be here yeah almost like the terminator to take ah. take care of John Connor <laughs> you know I'm and and sometimes we look at that like our our parents went through shit so yeah. that we didn't have to so God bless that we them, could be huh? great I mean hopefully we do the same for ours too and that's know? that's the thing think about it the Eric McKenna project yeah. like this show the whole idea of being on with this this is setting up something where you may be able to set up something for your kids if they decide yeah. you know what dad what you do is cool I want to get involved mm-hmm. and you know things like that and you just want to you always want to push forward you know I decided and I know we're going to close up that's why I'm bringing this no, up no, before no, we close do, do. but um, you know that's why I decided to go into music and do some music yeah I'd, I'll talk to you about that before, you know, before that the, the other thing too that you mentioned about the show which I was a, a benefit that was brought to my attention I don't know 20, 30, 40 shows in that these are moments in time that we can leave our kids like your kids yeah. will have our conversations and hopefully there's more to come yeah where you really get introspective and this is content this is evergreen content yeah. that they will be able to have when you're gone, my friend, or when you're when you're it's a, aged, it's a time capsule. It's a time capsule. We're yeah. allowed to create uh, living and and and. And isn't moving. that interesting? That's kind of really interesting. It is. Um, you got to think like Freddie Prince Jr. didn't really get to know his dad. Mm-hmm. He didn't get to know his dad. His, mm-hmm. I think his dad died when he was 21 or 22. He yeah, killed himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, like, if you think about like Freddie Prince and situations like that, you know, he had the his connection was his dad's comedy mm-hmm. and for mm-hmm. uh Maya Rudolph 
with Minnie Ripperton as her. Right. Is she right. died of cancer? Good point. She her reflection is through that music, Good and point. that kind of helps. I, I mean, I guess it helps. That probably helps fill so. some void, like yeah, being connected. So. so I think so. I always look at it like that too. Yeah, it it is. Um, Time you know, capsule. I I dropped these two comedy albums I did in Canada, which were a ball Afro bebop and yeah. Let's talk about your yeah. business here. What's going on with you before you split? Yeah. Oh, and, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're on, pal. <laughs> I thought you were gonna uh, follow up. No, with no, 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 no. Continue, please. Yeah. Um, with the comedy albums with uh Afro bebop and. Limbo Negro 2, uh, Redemption, I did Limbo Negro 2 to make up for what I couldn't do with Limbo Negro. There was like so many issues. And remember, yeah. I told you John yeah. Lovitz oh, yeah, yeah. knocked me off and yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a nightmare stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, you know, my thing was that I wanted to put together um, these albums that were going to be like historic like a historical moment right and because of the pandemic it ruined everything like the release <laughs> because you gotta think i couldn't do press i couldn't do shows to promote it and stuff yeah, yeah. but um the and numbers relaunch them once we're able to or you I, a more material i can now? i can i no. i think what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna relaunch them i talked to um the distributors yeah. that there's like a vip meeting and i talked to them in there about it and i was like yeah they were saying that that's a good idea okay people do it's expensive but uh -huh. It puts you brand new again and puts you on the radar. Absolutely. So I'll probably do that. You just have to use the same codes that are already on, like, you know, the codes for the album and the codes for the tracks. Okay. You just put them for the same one and you re-release it. it. And Got then it. once they sync up, which they will, then you can delete the other ones. Got in. it. So I'm thinking of revamping. Um, but the numbers end up picking up more as, you know, sure. the pandemic uh, sure. mellowed out. But, you know, I had my kids, uh, one of my best friends, uh, Keisha, I had her daughter, Kiera, play the saxophone and uh, send me a sample. And then Roscoe yeah. Wiki, who has helped out on Comedy Ghoul, and we always team up. He's one of the most talented producers I know. Right. Worked with Wiz, Mac, and the guys mm -hmm. in the past. He um, flipped the sample and we, we, like, created this beat. And, you know, I was like, oh, he's the mastermind at it. I just will be like, yo, add this here, you know. And um, I had my kids on it. And they and it it's a story about me going through all this bullshit just to even right. get to that album and get through life. And my kids love hearing themselves. And they love hearing that. And um, so for me, yeah, it is important. You know, you got to have that history. You want to leave something behind. Absolutely. And not everyone can say, I left behind you know, albums or I left behind something with my kids or my kids will mm -hmm. have this forever or, mm -hmm. um, you know, different things like that, that, um, you know, when I, if I die and I leave in the state with someone, I, right. you know, there's someone I told, I want you to take care of your this. couch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, you know, those are memories that they can have and, you know, all the videos and things that we, we keep yeah. with each other it's it's weird man because we share so much with the world because we're so connected mm -hmm. that we don't get a chance to share it with our like ourselves and our family and uh taking my hiatus from social media as far as like i you know i've been back on just to post and because i'm launching the business and let people know right. stuff and right but right. like i literally i go in and i i get out like i if somebody pops up and i see them let's say like you pop up while i'm on there then i'll yeah interact but yeah, yeah yeah 
other than that, I just keep the mystique with this new change I have in my life. Good for you. So Good like you. um sometimes I'll, you pull back the better off the more demand, right? Yeah, because it's like, you know, I don't want to be on there like feeding people's ego like you know, I'm liking your pictures because you, your ass is out. I'm liking your pictures because, yeah. yeah. you know, I'm a fan of yours and I'm liking your pictures. And and we, we do this as people and we like and all yeah, we're doing is like fueling. almost. Yeah, we're fueling their ego. It becomes a reflex. So right. rather than feed people's ego, I just do what I have to do. And Got so, um, you know, sharing a lot as an entertainer, it's hard because, you know, I've shared so much about my kids and my life my yeah. relationships and stuff we're well, very open you're very revealing yeah it's genuine and that's why i love talking with you i appreciate it it, it there's like perks and uh, you know there's gifts and curses to that and the curse is that sometimes when you're so connected when you're dealing with something like when i went on hiatus my phone was blowing up yeah I bet. and i understand people but were concerned i tried to stuff. reach a couple of times too just to schedule stuff and you, you weren't ready i knew you weren't yeah ready. yeah it was i had so many people hit me up when I took the hiatus and they're like, yo, and people were freaking out. They were like, is he alive? And then I know people genuinely love me and they care about me. Mm -hmm. They love like how I, I'm philosophical, how I like say touching things, how I make them laugh, how I share my life with my kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you share so much that when you need your moment, everyone feels entitled to having your moment. You right. get what I mean? Yeah. And it's the same with like these celebrities. When you look at like Britney Spears, when she shaved her head, when I look at it now as an adult, I feel so bad for you her. You get it. You know, because you're like, man, I can see why she shaved her head. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you understand like she was going through some yeah, shit. Yeah. And we didn't empathize with her or have compassion because she's Britney and we just wanted, 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 wanted what we demanded. Right. So, you know, for me, these comedy albums, being able to drop them in 2020 and my kids being able to hear that frizzy hopping on the, the track. Mm -hmm. Oh, that, I heard it all, but that intro is like one of the best. And I would agree. You know, um, I would agree. It's such a historical thing for me, and and there's a lot of history within that. And even for my kids, like to get my kids on a track with mm -hmm. him, you know, they're on the track with the their dad capsule, and Frizzy. It, capsule, it is a time. Yeah. So things you need to do. Yeah, and I felt like the albums were like a time capsule of like what was going on and what's been. And I was able to go, I had to go to Canada to do it because like yeah. the, the ideas of me talking about America and my views, they they laugh more because yeah. they're like, you know, they're outside looking in and they're like, yeah, you guys are some so idiots. So America's hat's getting the last laugh here. Oh yeah, yeah. It's always, so, you know, I even gave Justin Trudeau some trouble for blackface. So, you know, um, and then, you know, even 2020 has been a beautiful um, experience for me. And I'm happy, like, that's why I'm happy to do the show in December. Like, I'm ex I was excited to come yeah. on here and, um, you know, drop the song Thank with you, Frizzy man. and, um, you know, the the way that No Justice, No Peace. And it became mm -hmm. a big song. Like, a lot of people oh, TikTok yeah. that they used it for, yep. like, rallies and stuff. Yep. And, um... His time's coming. It's he's he's right there. Oh, he he's, he's right there, man. He, you know what? I have a list of unicorn rappers and I told him the other day he's on it. And to be on the unicorn list is big. And the unicorn list is like guys like Eminem, Andre 3000, Lupe Fiasco, guys that are yep. so good at yep. Royce the five nine guys that are so good at like how they rap and manipulate like those mm -hmm. Lil Wayne Frizzy's mm -hmm. on that list. Mm -hmm. And there's probably only like maybe 20, maybe 20, 25 unicorns in all the hip hop ever. So, um, <clears throat> you know, it, it's, 
it was patience great thing it's a yeah patience thing. he's learning it oh yeah you know it was great we all to, were learning it it was great to be on that song with him uh him and roscoe uh, roscoe created the beat in the song mm-hmm. and there's he, a video vignette of that being yeah produced. yeah i've seen it yeah it was the um that one was uh the rally in new york with like the riots and stuff going yeah. on the protests yep. yep and um yep. roscoe made and i tag frizzy and i said yo you gotta you gotta be on this like this is dope he said oh yeah this i got stuff to say <laughs> and then you know roscoe's like oh he's like yo thank you i've always wanted to record with frizzy and i'm like i'm like dude i just wanted y'all to work together because yeah. there's certain people that yeah. like when i like my my people yeah. i like them to mesh together and i want them to be like together you know yeah, what i'm saying of course and of course. um so when we got on there and i was like well just let me be a part of it and originally it wasn't like rap they wanted me to like just talk or say something i said no man i i got some bars i got something to say and they're like uh. <laughs> you know like anyone would you know here's uh-huh. here's the comedian uh-huh. uh they you know that being boxed in black man black comedian well, comedian they well, donald glover dealt with it jamie fox dealt right with on. it and then right think on. about it they make some of the best music that people have heard so um i when I got on Roscoe, I did it like one take or something. I did the other for He's like, yo, good job. <laughs> like that was actually then uh um, made you feel good. Oh, it did, man. And then David Allen, uh, he's a fashion designer. He, he was does. just on the show. Oh, last week. Really? He's coming on Friday. Oh, that, Him that, and uh Rocco, my Rocco Coza, my attorney tell, coach, tell, on. Yeah. tell David Terry Jones said what's up. I man. will do that. I, um, I mean I need to get you guys on the show. Yeah, I, I love David. Um, I told him when I could afford his suits, I'm gonna. Yeah. Go. <laughs> you know, Did you see the, the hoodie line coming out? Yeah, he's got a sports line. Coming I, out I too. Uh, when I logged on and I let him know, he's like, "Man, I didn't think you were on social media." Anymore. I didn't I was even like, know you knew David. Yeah, and uh, right I met on. him through Frizzy. Right and, on. Um, right on. At the studio, and you know, he he hit me up. And was like, "Yo, your voice was smooth on this song. Like, it was actually good to listen to." And then a couple other. I was shocked. I was like, man, I was scared. Like people were like, yo, this dude's trash. This is a new but, venue for you. Yeah, huh? it was different. So um, I was like, yo, it, it's time to actually do it. Like Good why not you. do it on the bucket list, you Good know? for you, man. And, um, you know, a lot of times that, again, that being in a boxer, like, oh, another black man wants to be a, a black rapper. And it's like, um, that's not the case. Like it's something I've always done. And a lot of people have been like, yeah, you've been doing music for you. And a lot of friends that are involved in music were like, yo, you need to just go ahead and do it. Like you, mm-hmm. we could tell that you have the talent, just mm-hmm. try it. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, how do I say that? So we put out our first single off the EP, me and Roscoe Wiki okay. are um, putting out an EP uh, okay. called Kojima. And um, it's the uh, Terry Jones X Roscoe Wiki. And the first single is called uh, "Roomful." Okay, it's out now. You can stream Wait, when it. Did it. When did it come out? Uh, December fourth. Okay. This this past so, Friday. Okay, yeah, it just came out. Roomful. Uh, Roomful, and, and uh, it's everywhere. Spotify. It's title, on everything. Title, Spotify, Apple, TikTok. Uh, you can make a TikTok challenge. We're trying to get people oh, to do right a roomful on. challenge. Roomful. Roomful, like All a right. room full of people. Right and on. The song is. Uh, I came up with that concept because it was just dealing with like relationships and women right on. and that's what the song is about and i think it's kind of liberating in a way because it's like you have roscoe did does the beat he was like let's get and then i got two other people on it and then i do the hook right on and the whole point is like you get to hear these different point of views of like 
these black men telling their stories of like how they're hurt mm-hmm. but it's a dope beat it's a dope song it's a really catchy song and it's we're talking about how we're hurt but we're talking about in a way like how we try to use distraction okay too like it, you'll you'll get okay like i don't want to dig too deep because the distraction yeah. can be anything for anyone right i want to see what so, i interpret yeah i want yeah. people yeah, to yeah, do yeah, that yeah. i don't okay. want to give them an answer all right but um for me like for myself it it, it touched in and i go in the studio with roscoe um, the Rap Cave, which is like if you want to record music, go to the Rap Cave. It's the best place. It's in Bloomfield okay. by uh, Caliente. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's where Frizzy did Afro Bebop for right, me. Right, right, right. And um, so, and again, Roscoe did the No Justice, No Peace beat. Yeah. So we have this history of right. we're working together and like. Right, right, right. So we, we do this and I go in there and, and Roscoe's working on his beat and then he goes, yo that's actually a good hook this will actually go with this and i came with different concepts we have other music coming out too that we've been recording that's cool that's exciting so yeah we um it's been getting a lot of play a lot of um positive feedback okay and then um just wanted to shout these guys out uh mace mace uh m-a-y-c-e if you want to look them up spotify apple music anything title he's such an amazing mc and he just so happens to be the son of Mike Tomlin. Oh yeah, yeah. That, the name didn't didn't yeah. register. I talked to Frizzy about him. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Coach Tomlin's son. Yeah, no, and Frizzy did work. Did the, yeah, the black, gold, uh, a gold uh, in it. Got a gold. Gold in, in it. it. Yeah. Mace produced the beat. Yeah, right on. Mace is one of the most right talented on. producers and most talented rappers out right now. Right on. And I just hope that people continue to support him, and you know they don't give him pushback because. You know, you're you're the coach's yeah. dad. Yeah, yeah. Give this dude the mad support. He um let his talent stand alone. He, uh, yes, he texted me and he said he has another EP coming out. This dude drops mixtapes and EPs like Lil Wayne in 2008. Like it's crazy okay. how hard this kid works. Okay. So I asked him to be on the song, and he he hit me up the next day. I said, Hey, did you get my email? He goes, Oh man, my bad. I was already writing a verse, and like he <laughs> like that's how fast this kid works, and. He's so good. And then the other artist um, is Savvy, and okay. he's been on Lyrical Lemonade, which is a big platform for okay. hip-hop right now. Yep. Uh, got, it propelled Juice World and guys like that. Right. Um, Savvy is in Nashville, Tennessee. His dad was my OG in Alabama. His dad was a guy who okay. like made sure I was okay. He was friends with my cousin, my okay. big cousin that I lived okay. with. Okay. And he would like take me around the city. All right. Make sure I was like good. Uh, we worked together. We would uh, clean offices together and stuff. Right and on. I knew that kid when he was like six. And okay. now he's like blowing up and becoming that, that like, nuts. he's going to be a huge rap star. That's nuts. Music star. I mean, he he could do melodic. He could do regular hip hop. Like he could do it all. Right on. So I hit him up to be on it. And I said, we got these two hot young dudes on this track. And Roscoe was like, look, I don't even need to do a verse. Let's just, and <laughs> yeah, Room for if you get a chance. Yeah, and, you know, Roscoe sure. Wiki has a project out, um, Chicken and Waffles. Mace has a ton of uh, projects out. Uh, Savvy just dropped a single called Zoom. Okay. And it was, again, featured on Lyrical Lemonade and all these different things. So, right you know, it's fun to be able to go into that that area sounds like you're excited oh i'm i'm very excited man you know how there's another venue another, you, another, yeah. another artery right yeah you know what um i'm one of those guys that i had to actually realize it and 
a lot of people try to hold me back because they know how good I can be at something. They know how talented I am. So they try to hold me back for their mm-hmm. own gain, right? Mm-hmm. So some people don't want me to succeed. And it took a while to really understand it. Like people would tell me that. Yeah. They'd have yeah, to yeah, explain yeah. it. People close to me that I love, they'd be like, yo, right. so-and-so is using you. You need to chill. That No, that person been using you. They use it. And I'd be like, no, because I see the good in everybody, right? right? I see, I empathize oh, too much sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I see that potential. So I'm like, no, I know who they really should be. Versus who they actually are. Got it. And um, because of that, you can get burned. No doubt. No doubt. So for me, uh, being blocked out, you know, like, oh, you don't do that because that don't make sense. You shouldn't do music. I just had to, like I said, this self-reflection really helped me understand, Mm -hmm. yo, people are going to hate you for less. Mm. Go do what you want to do with your life. What's the consequences of doing it? There's nothing. It doesn't work out. You move on to something else. Yeah, and it's like a lot of people are scared because they're embarrassed and I'm like, look, I've been embarrassed Mm. way worse than this. Like, I I tell jokes, right? embarrassed, right? So, and (laughs) I already know the rhythm. I'm a a music nerd. I like, I dissect music. I love it. Right. Like, no other, and because of like that, intellect and stuff i knew there's not really anything that i can't do if i don't want to do it right. it's just a matter of time which mm-hmm. is undefeated we don't have a and lot a decision. of decision and you know decisions don't i don't think decisions scare me as much as time okay it's just like making the time to do it mm-hmm. like i can i could be jeff bezos i could be donald glover i could right. you know i could be anything but it's just a matter of actually believing it and doing it right and what I learned by cutting off social media too for myself, and I call it a detox because we don't realize it is a drug. What I realized is by cutting that off, I had more confidence because I wasn't taking on everyone's energy. Mm, no doubt. Because no you doubt. you know even uh, when you don't think you are, you're you're taking it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so yeah. that helped me a lot with this. And I was like, yo, just go go do it. Go be yourself. Go have fun. And you know, when I tell people business ideas or I tell people what I want to do, you might get that, eh, but I've learned to ignore the end. Eh. I've learned to just, okay, go ahead and do it because then, you know, I'm have, I have people hit me up about this song that are like music fanatics and they would go in and be like, yo, you're trash. And I let, and they were like, dude, this is original. This is a really good song. So, you know, I even have it on my own playlist. Right on. So, right on. You know, I can't wait to put out Kojima and, and go this route. You know, uh, guys before me have done it. Uh, Do it. And yeah, and yeah, you know, I mean, so, why not? Yeah. So it's and you know, there's a couple um, songs I want to do that are like alternative style and grunge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I want to do like Let's and blend it. it with like hip hop. And Let's I want to do man. it because I think the cool thing about the new generation of rappers are you're seeing these guys who are blending like i said I these genres that. and it's a time it, it's it's a it's it's some it's a it's a method whose time has come yes and it's it's great to see these kids be able to do it you know like guys like myself who were judged for being a certain way these kids are like yo fuck that we're coloring our fuck, hair fuck the genre. we're doing mosh pits we're doing what we want and it's making millions and everyone mm. loves these juice the juice mm-hmm. world was amazing i know xx i hate the fact that these guys are gone i know and you know we still have like trippy red left and there's so many and he's only 21 yeah, i know so You're very young we we have to like rock is such it's such a good genre mm-hmm. and to and to see like these kids not be afraid of it 
it's inspiring. So well, that's what's going to that's that's what's going to make rock survive. I think because pure heavy metal is just that that demographic. Nothing right or wrong. It's just going away. It is. You it's know? because it's all about what's hot right now. What do we make more money off of? And mm-hmm. the human resource of the black entertainment it it makes so much freaking mm-hmm. money that they're mm-hmm. like we're gonna run this into the ground yeah i mean you're but seeing the blend is exciting yeah the, blend of the genres the, is exciting it is for a guitar guy like me to have those guitars in there and having their place within that that hip-hop or that rap song is exciting to me bro if you could play on the song nah, <laughs> we're gonna talk <laughs> <laughs> please do so terry i can't thank you enough i want to thank you for the friendship by the way and, yeah and, and and also believing in this little show a year ago when we were just fledgling and starting and we're, we've got our sea legs now still no sponsors no agendas no ads i'm gonna try to keep it that way for as long as i can yeah so it's independent here oh yeah man yeah. You, you know that's good things come to people that wait and again, I I can't tell you enough. I I might be opposite of most people. I've fallen in love with this year. This is been yeah. like the the year that I've loved more than uh, in a long time. I, there's only been like you know a couple years yeah, for whatever reason. It's like it decades. Way, yeah, you know? and I kind of think I for me in my life I tried to, I tried to do the same damn thing. So. Yeah, and I think I love that you beat to your own drum. I love this Thank show. You. I love Thank this you. setup. I love this studio. I love the cameras. I love this microphone. <laughs> I, I even love that this wasn't just regular water. It was alkaline water. You know, uh, you you drank the regular uh, purified for yourself I, and gave me some I alkaline. I did not. I got gave some you alkaline. Ele- I got some electrolytes I, in my life. That's so. right. Well, I had to feed you. Back here too. <laughs> Please come back and see me, man, soon. Yeah. And, and you're for those panel discussions that was supposed to happen this year. Yeah. Theoretical physicists and going down the rabbit hole, people from different backgrounds getting together we're yeah. gonna do it but it's probably not gonna be till 21 before we start oh bro you know i'm i'm down man and okay. you know i i avoided a lot of things throughout this year like well, sure. press and stuff like yeah, that. i know i'm aware and you uh, tried to hide for a while i found you though yeah and then i, so, I was immediately told you you got to start texting my my number because i'm not going to catch you on, yeah, on facebook yeah. messenger sometimes <laughs> it's hard so um you know i thank you for uh they, first of all, thank you for believing me. Uh, thank you Always. for letting me have a platform to even speak on. You've um, elevated this show, I, but I today's episode, that. the prior episode, you, you took you took the project to a different level intellectually, which is what I wanted. I, I thank you for that. Oh no, I appreciate it. I, I mean, I know people probably came to laugh, and you may giggle a little bit, but hey, I, that was the prior show. We got yeah. a lot, we got a lot of humor out in the first show. Yeah, this four hour <laughs> show back. Then. That was I had to break it up in two parts. You know, I broke that up in two parts. That was, yeah, because I think YouTube let me take the whole thing. Yeah, the Facebook made me cut that cut thing it up. Down. The yeah, two. <laughs> we uh we had a blast, and no, thank you, man. I'm we'll do it again. I'll be happy to come. I on. I have ideas. I'm not letting them go. Oh, make sure you stream uh yep. room, Roomful on title Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, uh, Pandora, whatever you have. Go ahead, check it out. It's on YouTube. If 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 you want to just support that way, you can yep. go on YouTube and look it up. Um, type in, he's not just type in Terry Jones. He's yeah, not the, he's not the white guy from Money Python, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't, I'm not changing my name for music or anything. It's, he passed anyways, right? Yeah. You're, you're he, the only famous no, Terry Jones you, now. No, here's, here's the messed up part. Because he what? died and I... Oh, now he's I, more famous. Yeah, I haven't done much press in 2020. When you Google him, it, it's... Uh, he's still showing. It's, so, it's right. he's showing more. So Fair yeah. enough. Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. All right, friends, Appreciate we it. are out. <laughs>